I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explain why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? All right, Matthew, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. All right, so we're, we're recording here on New Year's Day. Happy New Year. I'm sure 2022 is going to be just a banner year. It's going to be great. It's going to be Hell yeah. We're all going to become normal this year, and everything is going to be perfect. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so fucking cool, bro. But here's, here's, here's what I'd like to do, Matt. Um, since what do you want to do? As you know, I am an insane person who keeps track of everything that he watches and reads throughout the course of the year. Matt, again, yep. this is an audio medium. You giving me a skeptical <laughs> face and then pointing at me. <laughs> you can't you can't do that. That doesn't work. The people All right, I'm lying back. I'm lying back down. I'm lying back down. You're now staring at the ceiling. This is the first time recording on Zoom in a long time because I have an upset tummy from eating too much Thai food. And do you know what I did immediately before we recorded? I ate more Thai food, Matt. <laughs> yes, yes. Hell yes, brother. Hell. No, I ate so much authentic Kung Pao chicken on on Christmas that I gave myself COVID symptoms <laughs> and didn't, didn't go to work for three days. So. Yeah. So yes, so I, yes, I agree. I am a troop, um, but you are a troop. Recording with an upset tummy, you know, um, that's basically surviving Vietnam. Yeah, they're, they're equivalent. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, so again, I'm someone who keeps track of everything he watches over the course of the year. So I would, what I want you to do, I would like you to guess how many films did I watch in the year of our Lord 2021? Oh my God. So I'll, I'll give you, hey, and you know what, Matt? This is, you know what's beautiful, beautiful about this? This is, a, this is a moment where the phrase over-under actually applies. Okay. So I'm going to give you an over-under of 250. Uh, Jesus Christ, stop. I'm, st- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot I wasn't muted. <laughs> At no point have you been muted. At no point. Anyway. Yeah, that's why I forgot. Over-under of 250. 250? 50? Well, I'm saying, do you think it's more than that or it's less than that? I see. Okay, I, but that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> is that is that I thought you were going to be like over under like a hundred. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be something where I was like, because my honest guess was like one twenty. You know what I mean? So, you so think I'm going to say, you think it's less than fifty then? I'm going to say it's less than 250 and hope really hard right now. And you would be wrong. What? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck, Rob? Rob, how many movies? Final Count for the Year is 268. I was one away from 269. Oh, my fucking God, bro. Last night. Yeah. God, God damn. So you watched, you watched, like, on average, like, 
five movies a week. Uh, is that? Let's see. Let me do the math on that. Five times. That's pretty close. Yeah, 260. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. So I will say, this is what I'll say. The first hundred of those were in the first, like, two or three months of the year. Like, when we were still in quarantine. So that, that juiced those numbers a little bit. But yeah, still, even, that's, yeah, it's a lot. I don't, I don't know what about our relationship, and especially doing this now for almost two years, has led you to believe I have a normal relationship to movies. No, no. You, I mean, you don't. But also, like, I don't know, man. You have a girlfriend. Yeah. And you know what we do? We watch a lot of movies. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually true. Actually, a good point. Yeah, yeah. You've had two girlfriends this year. That's yes. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Okay, that's facts. Okay, you know what, Rob? You know, I thought you know, as the kids like to say, yeah, it's not. Kinda... Like, it's not like all I've done is watch movies. I, you know, as you said, I've had multiple relationships. Got a new job. You know, started a new. Yeah. Um, thinking about going back to school. You know, got that in the works. Um, yeah. You know, I've been very busy, have an active social life, but yeah, I, I have yeah. One, I have one hobby. Yeah, what? yeah. Rob's got the beard back. Yeah. That does take up a lot of my time thinking about growing. It does. I have to build that, well no, that's how you grow. Grow. Yeah. But yeah. You ever you ever fuck with like a uh, beard oil? I have thought about it because I what I forgot about having a beard is how itchy it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm like I need to I've also I've got into like, you know, while I didn't have the beard, I got into like you know, cleansing and moisturizing my face. Yeah. I've got like skin that feels very nice and like well-maintained. I've also, now I've got this like weird kind of gross beard. I'm like, I need to do something about this. So I'm going to look into beard oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get a beard oil, you get some, you get a beard brush. Beard brush is great. Like mm-hmm. a true beard brush. Fantastic. Um, what's it called? Yeah. I've also found it works very well for my cow lick. Although I need to get my fucking haircut, bro. But um yeah dude no 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 you're a freak uh but i love you and um that's that's a lot of movies uh, i don't think i've watched that many i think i i'm not gonna count right now but uh i watched i, I, I like to think i watch more movies this year than i ever had before but that's the thing i would watch because because you know there would be those days when i'd be working and i'd be like yeah i watched like three movies today and then you were like and and and, and you were like weren't you working? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Just the Chad face. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Dude, no. Fucking, what's it called? No, um, movies rock. <laughs> there we go. There's the verdict. All right. Yeah. So. On our movie podcast. It's so funny. We've been doing this for two years. It's so fucking funny. On that note, hello and welcome to You're Going to Hate It. This is a film podcast. Matt, again, doing gestures, forgetting that people cannot see. The it's gest- just for you. It's just for you. Some things are just for you, baby. Some okay. things are just for you. Shooting a gun at me with his fingers for whatever reason. But this is a film podcast. My name is Rob. His name is Matt. Uh, you didn't let me say my name. You're probably going to try and sign it or something. So... <laughs> You think I can sign? You think I, okay, 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 okay. You know, like, how stupid do you feel when you interact with a deaf person? Because <laughs> <laughs> I always feel dumb as shit. I feel dumb and I feel bad because because I'll just be like, they'll just be like, hey, how you doing? And then they'll just be like, you know, flashing their gang signs. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, damn, uh, shit. 
fuck? Um, and then I just have to get a piece of paper and write it down. And I just feel, right, just hold a piece of paper, feel real dumb, feel real stupid. And I feel like, and I'm like, damn, I should learn sign language. And then I'm like, and then I don't interact with a deaf person for like six months. And then, and then it happens again. And then I'm like, oh, wow, shit. I just, so we, we got to move on, but I do like that. Uh, but real quick, I just, I do want to highlight that I, I do enjoy that your takeaway from interacting with a deaf person is, damn, I have it hard. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I just feel bad because like they motherfucking speak English, but just like a different kind. Um, I don't know. How do you say that? All right. So every, every week, as I was saying, we, or not week, we do this monthly now. And even that is yeah. like a or miss. But every every month, theoretically, we each assign the other a movie with at least sometimes the idea we're going to piss the other one off by assigning them a movie we think they're going to hate. But traditionally, and it is, again, insane that we now have traditions that we have like carried on for multiple years. But traditionally in December, and we're, we're recording this on January 1st, it's going to come out sometime in January. So we're already behind schedule for the, the new year. But yeah the idea is for december we take a break from our normal format and we just look at kind of like big budget blockbuster movies and yeah. this time out we are going to take a look at the transformers franchise specifically the first and last film um the first at least the first and last michael bay films the original transformers from 2007 and then the final entry in the bay period of the of the franchise the last night from 2017 i want to say matt apply yeah 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 2017 there we go sorry i paused i paused because technically i think there was a bumblebee movie released in 2018 but not counting we are we are going to talk about that at least obliquely but i have i have big i have big plans for what we're going to talk about tonight because I, i think that these these movies are you know they're not very respected critically they had a massive cultural impact but have kind of oh, yeah but have also kind of been supplanted a little bit um and they they feel kind of irrelevant at this point i would say and we're going to get into that but these were i think these these represent kind of a hinge point both a culmination of a certain kind of hollywood filmmaking and also you know kind of pointing the way towards the thing that would replace them so but you know i also i kind of want to talk to how we got here. What led to this? Because in a way, I, I do think these movies feel like a great crime committed against humanity that must be accounted for. <laughs> and, well, hold on, well, hold on, hold on. Time out, real quick. Yeah. I wanted to say something before you started. I wanted to, real quick, this is nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but I just want to do this real quick. I wanted to shout out uh, Sean from Philly, uh, 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 an, a, a very nice gentleman who interacted with me on Twitter, who is a big fan of uh, the other podcast we were on before this one. Uh, so in case he's listening, I just wanted to shout you out, Sean, uh, you're, you're, you're the man. You're, uh, you're going to hate it. Uh, homie of the month. Um, what's it called? A- a title held every other month by Aaron. So sorry, Aaron, maybe next month, but uh, it's Sean this month. So yeah. Yeah. just wanted okay. to shout him out real quick. It yeah. is good to know that we might have a listener. Um, yeah. Yeah. But- Another one. Yeah. <laughs> No, just might have one, you know. Who knows if Aaron is still listening? I haven't talked to yeah, him. Yeah. But but yeah. It, as always, your timing is <laughs> couldn't have couldn't have found a better moment to insert that. That fl- flowed as naturally as possible from the conversation. But I don't know how to act, Rob. I'm <laughs> acting out. I'm 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 wilding, as the kids say. But yes. And we do want a little bit of- <laughs> We do want a little bit of that energy because it can't all just be me monologuing. So you, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. 
You got. Oh, I got energy, baby. Yeah, you got to to a certain extent be the Stephen A to my skip. I just like it. I just right. like it to be an on-topic Stephen A as much as possible. It's That's the, right. And 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 Rob, just real quick, if we could talk, a, if, if, just just real quick in that vein. So you know, I love the state of Israel. <laughs> And roll that trailer from Transformers 2007, directed by Michael Bay. Got a little surprise for you, son. No, 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 Dad! Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I am. You're not getting a Porsche. <laughs> Let me tell you something, son. A driver don't pick the cars. Mm-mm. Cars pick the driver. It's a mystical bond between man and machine. civilization far superior to our own. Our enemy can take any shape. They could be anywhere. It's a robot. You know, like a super advanced robot it's probably japanese welcome back to- <laughs> that was actually see that's that's what i want that was a very well well deployed Stephen a joke like that's uh, off topic like uh, that there, there were a few different ways you could have gone gone from that like there are a couple of like classic Stephen a tweets that like we could yeah. have referenced like the you know i respect the holocaust skip nods but <laughs> what like one of one of the the greatest uh, there's also the the crab rangoon things of that nature tweet from david Roth. <laughs> yes. just a lot of a lot of classic Stephen a content but you what, what you is it was honestly maybe one of the one of the funniest instances of live television ever them just <laughs> ever. The commercial the moment he said the word israel like exactly not exactly his thoughts on israel but i i i i i haven't actually watched that I, i've watched that clip where they cut away but like, what I I want to watch like the ten minutes before that. I just want to know what the fuck were they talking? Because like there aren't any like Israeli basketball players. Like what on earth were they talking about? That you know, he, I don't remember why he wanted. I think he was analogizing analogizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think they were talking about anything related to Israel. He was just like, you know, I've got a great metaphor I can drop here that involves yeah. a very, you know, a, a subject people are normal about the, the existence of Israel, yeah. its relationship. Yeah. With sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that 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 Celtic Lakers rivalry. Yeah. You know, you know what it reminds me of. What's it called? Wait, Celtic. Okay, between the Celtic. Okay, well, I was about to say who's Israel and who's Palestine, but come on, easily Celtic or Israel and and Lakers or Palestine. 
I, I want to debate you on that, but also <laughs> really don't. I don't want to be drawn any deeper into this. There's no reason. I knew I could. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said it, I knew a small part of you was wanted to wanted to say something back to that. But I, but I, but but I respect you for resisting. Yeah, I think that's a testament to my personal growth. I'm like, I don't need to argue with Matt about whether Larry Bird or Magic Johnson is BB Netanyahu, but. <laughs> Come on. Between well, those, I'm, I'm sorry. One, clearly one of them would be Rabin, if anyone. But Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. That's, thank you. Thank uh, you. Anyway, anyway, we're here to talk about Michael Bay. Um, That's right. But to talk about Michael Bay, I think this is, I know this is something that I do a lot, but I really feel like this is one, like to understand the Transformers franchise, I think you really have to put it in context um, because this is such a strange and like, a potent like cultural artifacts like this for a moment this was i think the defining thing in american cinematic culture this was what movies were they were transformers movies like the way that everything kind of is now marvel movies or at least related to that or aping it or in standing in opposition to it in some way for a while everything was kind of transformers movies and i think it's important to look at how we got there and then how also you know how we kind of passed on from that like I want to do a real, you know, critical examination of the Transformers franchise and its place in American cinematic history, because even if it might be an ignoble place to many eyes, it is an important one. Um, so, the silent era of filmmaking. Sorry, I thought that would be a, you know, kind of a. Wait, 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 wait! Are you? Uh, no, I thought you were serious. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Wait, are we about to talk about silent movies? Those shit suck. I, I, it's, it was a little bit of a joke, but yeah, I, I do want, I do kind of want to back up that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, I want, I want you, to, I need you to make, okay. I need you to make fun of me for that because it can't all. Just oh, are you, are you sure? Oh, Cause I was just about to, what's about, I was just about to go uh, uh, tweet at e-girls while you. <laughs> Please do not do that again. I, uh, we have to resist oh. the natural inclination to monologue. Um, I know. Okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to I'm ready to. No, I think that might be a racist term, so I'm not going to use it. Not a racist, for the record. Don't even know what you're about to say, but yeah, we need we need it. We need the play by play man, and we need we need the color commentary guy. That's that's you, baby. That's right. You're that's right. I'm I'm you're, ready to. You're Keith Hernandez, occasionally talking about baseball, and then occasionally just like being like, "Here's a recipe for fish that I had the other day." <laughs> good. Like, I think we all know which Hernandez I actually am. I don't know what what joke that I don't. Wait, know. is it? Wait, I don't know if his last name is Hernandez or not. I only know his nickname. I, I don't I don't know who you're talking about. Now. What what isn't there a guy that in the MLB named uh, uh, his well his real name is Enrique, but that's not what they call him. Oh yeah, I, okay. I know I know who you're talking. It's pronounced differently. It's it's spelled like a certain word that you like to use a little too liberally, and weirdly encourage other people to drop, including non-Jews. But that's right. They're my favorite people to encourage to drop it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely, and, positively. Anyway, but I, <laughs> I I do. Okay, so part of what I wanted to do here is is actually because we've talked about kind of like, or at least I. Sorry. Ugh, okay, you disappeared for a second. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm trying to mute shit that's popping up on my phone so that I can be here, present, yes. to interrupt you. Okay, but I, <laughs> I do think uh, this is, 
this is stuff that I have like talked about in in part or obliquely at different times, but I do I do kind of want to give sort of a, in very broad strokes, like sort of a general history of like the Hollywood studio system because that's that's the water that these movies swim in. And you're laughing. Yeah. I am. I am not. But you no, should. No. Yes. Yeah. Because it's insane that I'm doing this right now. But do it. No. Let's talk. No. We're gonna talk about. We're going to talk about the dumb robot movie, but first we need to talk about the Hollywood studio system. And I believe that that's uh, that, that 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 you're gonna you're gonna thread this needle. If anyone is, it's gonna be you, baby. Let's do this. Yeah. So when when we talked about the thin red line, we talked about the uh, the that other Terrence Malick movie, The Tree of Life, and how it has a section in it that like goes through the whole history of the universe, starting with the Big Bang and the formation of the planets, and like the evolution of dinosaurs. All to sort of lead up to the birth of the main character. Just be like, you have to to put a life in the proper context. You have to understand everything that came before it, which in the the broadest sense includes the whole history of the universe. And I think to understand the Transformers film, you have to start with like Thomas Edison, just to trace it all the way back and be like, how the fuck did we get here? But yeah, well, you know what, him 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 electrocuting that um, elephant reminds me a lot of the Transformers movies, honestly. Yeah, I mean that that one's kind of a, a urban legend. Um, but but did he not electrocute an elephant? I can't, <laughs> I can't remember what the deep I know this the commonly held understood story about him electrocuting Topsy is not quite right, but I don't I don't remember how. It's one of those he things. Did make, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, he did make an incredibly racist movie that oh. that that they all did. The history, the history yeah. of Hollywood is like runs in parallel to the history of American race. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, no. But he also made, but he made a movie um, uh, that was specifically like also that had like a big nosed, lecherous Jewish character, I believe, that was just like obsessed with money and chasing um, like Gentile women around uh, because he got, yeah. Well, because he got really mad at Jews because all the Jews were trying to like, make hollywood basically and he was like no 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 the 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 future of hollywood is going to be like 30 minute movies and that's it we're not hollywood because we're in la yet but you know what i mean but i think i think that actually is kind of relevant because the the origins of filmmaking are in very like very brief um you know sort of whatever films you know like the first movies were just here are two people kissing here are some people walking out of a factory and it was just (laughs) You know, it was just exciting to be like, ooh, look at the train. You know, the train is moving. I've never seen that before. But, you know, out of... Man, man goes and sees two people kissing and then goes and jerks off in an outhouse. Yes, that, that I mean, there's... Yeah. You're joking. Mr. Skin. Mr. Been, Skin in like 1905. There's been porn almost as long as there have been movies. Like, it did not take long for people to like figure out, you can jerk off to this shit. Like, obviously it was yeah. very underground, but like it existed, absolutely. But... Porn, porn really took a real porn really took a real different direction when women stopped being so busted. Okay, not not okay. Moving on from that, but um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But out out of those like sort of pro- that primordial soup of like people in New York making like very short movies, often yeah. like, you know ten minutes long with like basically no plot. Um, you know, eventually like Hollywood was kind of born when a bunch of people moved out to L.A. It, specifically California because originally it was you know it was a non-union state um ironically mm. they wanted to move mm-hmm. where they could produce films without the influence of labor which ended up kind of backfiring because you know 
yeah. Hollywood is now is like one of the the few industries that are heavily unionized. Although mm-hmm. not in every sector, and that will come up. Um, yeah. In the in the Transformers films, because part of the the reason for the prevalence of CGI is that because um, CGI like digital artists that field emerged sort of after the heyday of labor. Um, most yeah. sort of CGI institutions are not organized. Um, they're non sure. Um So same reason a lot of animation happens in like in like Korea and shit. Yeah, like that. but that's that's part yeah. of the reason for the reliance on CGI to do almost everything now. Yeah, uh, because it, like um, in Endgame, the Transformers movie, all of the hair was digital. Um, yeah. Like they literally just CGI'd people's hair um, just because it was cheaper to have animated hair than to pay hair and, make- hair and makeup people who are union, um, which is how you get like Jeremy Renner with like that weird fucking like Skrillex faux hawk thing, which you just have to imagine like Jeremy Renner did not know that his character's hair was going to look like that until he saw the first like, trailer and be like, that's what you did. Because you know, you, but you know, Jeremy Renner was like badass. Probably, yeah, he's a weird guy. Wait, um, did he make his like own Twitter or something like that? No, he did. He did make an app that was just like, yeah, it was like social media specifically for Jeremy Renner fans. Yeah, <laughs> like it was basically like an app just like like the only just you download an app for specifically Jeremy Renner's like Instagram feed, and it should be like pictures of Jeremy Renner with like. What are you? What are you guys doing this weekend? Um, that was that was a so little, cool. you, you download like you know, yeah, Rennerville or whatever it was called just to look at pictures of Jeremy Renner, but and interact so with cool. people who just want to look at pictures of Jeremy Renner. But I don't think it lasted that long. But, no, I don't think it did. I don't think it did. Just real quick, my favorite Jeremy Renner thing was when Stephen Heck uh, commented. He Jeremy Renner had that one Instagram post where he's like, "What's everyone doing this weekend?" And Stephen Heck was like. Um, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching porno and jacking off, and he just responded, "Not cool." Yeah, yeah, but pretty funny. Anyway, anyway. Um, so you know, a bunch of people move out to Hollywood, and you know, sort of out of that is born the Hollywood studio system, and that's really what I want to talk about. Um, yeah, because that's for from like the 20s into the like early 60s. That is how movies are made in America, at least mainstream Hollywood movies. Um, it is under this studio system. And what that means, what that is, is kind of, there are a number of different things, but basically it was very top-down, almost kind of industrial um, assembly line production where, you know, the producers of movies were um, incredibly powerful. Um, there were um, uh, tight restrictions on everything. Um, you know, there are all these associated aspects of filmmaking that were, you know, not exactly part of the studio system, but kind of existed alongside it, like the Hayes Code, um, you know, the sort yeah. of self-censorship that existed into the early 60s that was basically, you know, the studios agreeing to censor themselves basically to avoid having the government censor them, um, you know, yeah. apply any kind of like morality codes or whatever. Um Essentially, to avoid pressure from Catholics, um, which uh, um, meant that all movies had to follow this kind of fairly rigid, like morality structure. Like the good guys always have to win. People who behave immorally always have to be punished. Um, there can be no kind of ultra or even 
really any sexuality. Um, everything has to be very sublimated. Um, in addition to that, um, I think it's hard to uh, extricate the blacklist from the studio system. Like all of these kinds mm -hmm. of like um, methods of moral and social control really kind of only can exist because the studios themselves are so powerful. Yeah. Like, like again, like um, everyone exists at the whims of the studio system. Like star, like actors, they sign long-term contracts with the studios, yeah. which, and which involve like basically turning over all of their image management to the studio. If they want to start yeah. a picture for another studio, they have to get their own studio's permission. Um, yeah. You know, so like nowadays, like Tom Cruise can, you know, he can make a movie for whoever he wants. You know, he might sort yeah. of sign like a multi-picture development deal with Warner Brothers, but like, you know, he's going to yeah. have his own image management people. If he wants to make a movie with someone else, he can make a movie with someone else, you know. Yeah. That's not true from like the 20s to the early 60s. Like you exist. Yeah at the whim of the studio and that applies to directors it applies to writers you know the studio bosses are kind of kings in hollywood um yeah and yeah. jews on top baby <laughs> that's right because and because they were all jewish and that's facts that's facts that's like literally true that's like it's it's legitimately i'm gonna say this it's not anti-semitic to say like jews run hollywood it's just true it's at, at least Why back then. The man who really wants everyone to say the K word. Well, yeah, but only because it's so much fun to say. I don't want. I don't want anyone to be left out. But no. But I mean. But like. But like. At least like. Like literally. Then we are talking. MGM. You know what? We don't have to go down this road. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I. Don't even talk about the Transformers. Just talk about Jews in Hollywood. I will say Jews definitely control Matt's brain because that's right. Any, anytime there's an there's well, I was about to say anytime there's an opportunity to talk about you know who is and is not Jewish, Matt will talk about that. But honestly, there doesn't even need to be an opportunity. Matt will just talk about it. Yeah, here's I will who, find a way. Here's who is and is not Jewish. Okay, 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 okay. But 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 here's the thing. Jews are imbued with the knowledge of who is and is not Jewish, and they have the and they have and they and they and they have to tell people uh, what's it called. I, I don't know. Did I tell you the story? I told my I was listening to the Beastie Boys. I put on the Beastie Boys with my kids, and I just went like, you know, they're Jewish, and then I just went, oh my god, we know. Yeah, that's, that's the only respectable reaction. Absolutely, absolutely. But like <laughs> getting cooked by a five-year-old. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, so yeah. I, I mentioned all of this mostly to talk about, you know, um, how this all, this the studio system kind of broke up in the 50s and 60s. Um, and there were a number of things that all kind of happened at the same time to kind of lead to that. Um, the first and maybe most important um, was the Supreme Court decision in the, the 50s, um, it was either late 40s or early 50s that ended vertical integration. Because one of the things I forgot to mention but probably the most important economically was that movie theaters used to be owned by studios as well. Like it was a yeah. integrated industry and that gave them obviously a tremendous amount of power and also just, yeah. a, you know, total ownership of all profits. Um, yeah. Um, that ended yeah, well, all the, all the, all the, all the, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but just like yeah. all, like, like um, I know for MGM Fox, 
uh, basically all the Jewish ones, at least, right? Which is all of them. But anyway, but they all started, the way they started was they started as, um, as, as people that owned Nickelodeons uh, out east. You know what I mean? Right. They all started, yeah, yeah. They were, they were originally like movie theater owners who then were like, you know what? Like, we, we, we just start making our own of these. And then that's, that, that was the impetus that eventually became Hollywood, basically. Yeah. 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 You yeah. were cooking. Go, baby. And then in addition to that, you get um, the breakdown of both the Hayes Code and the, um, uh, the Blacklist. You see, like, uh, which again, just kind of breaks the, you know, in addition to their, the uh, economic hold of the studios being broken by that Supreme Court decision, their kind of moral code is also eroded over the course of the 50s, um, sort of more and more morally ambiguous content gets introduced. Um, that Lauren Bacall scene, the just whistle scene. Come on, come on. Well, I think come that, on. that that is kind of um, that kind of double entendre stuff is actually, I think, kind of a product of the Hayes Code, where you know, yeah. if, if they wanted to include any kind of sexuality um, in their movies, they would have to. It would have to be kind of wouldn't have to be couldn't be direct. So you get, yeah. you get a lot of like double entendre stuff and like noirs and screwballs or like people are yeah. talking about sex without explicitly talking about sex because that's the only way they can do it. And yeah, yeah. That, but where this ultimately leads is, you know, um, both the breakdown of the blacklist or you get movies like Spartacus, which is kind of credited a lot of the time with breaking the bla- blacklist because it, Dalton Trumbo, who is a blacklisted screenwriter, is openly credited as the writer of that movie. He'd been writing movies the whole time, but under pseudonyms, which was com- a common practice for blacklisted writers. Um, there are a couple other movies who also did things around the same time. It's usually kind of incorrect to credit any of these things to any one movie. Um, usually it's sort of the product of a wave, but like, you know, people like to pick a historic moment or a event to kind of be like, that's when it happened. Um, in, in that vein, like um, a Bonnie and Clyde is often kind of um, looked at as kind of a milestone because it's one of the first. Um, oh yeah, you see Kitty. Right, yeah, that kind of like- That's right. That's, that's kind of the moment people point to a lot of them. Like, the Hayes Code is over. Like there's now a mainstream Hollywood movie where you see titties, people curse, there's blood and violence. Yeah, which like, which is so crazy that that ever existed because, well, I guess, I guess Catholics were pretty powerful for a while there. Um, you know what I mean? But the, like, like, like what with like, you know, right, like Father Coughlin and all them, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, but like, you know, and that like, that like very conservative Catholic lobby, basically, you know what I mean? To like move, like, 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 like when like, the conservative tendencies within American Catholicism could like move weight and basically like, like, yeah, like the major Catholic ethnic groups would just be like, no, we're not going to go watch this movie. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, listen, what do people like? Right. They like nudity and they like violence. Those are facts. They're, they're not the only, um, interest group that was able to like influence content in Hollywood for a long time. Um, uh, you know, the way race was portrayed on screen was heavily influenced by what could and could not be shown in the South. Um, so, yeah, yeah, true. true. So any, any kind of like positive depictions of black people as anything other than like, you know. Um, sidekicks. Well, servants. Not even sidekicks. Yeah, servants, people, yeah. People who knew their place. Um, yeah. Would, just wouldn't show up in a movie because if it did, they wouldn't be able to screen in the, in the South. 
addition yeah. for a long time uh, during the 30s and um, into the early 40s until the U.S. joined World War II because Germany was such a, um, it was, mm-hmm. the U.S. was the biggest market for film exports. Um, there would be no negative depiction of Nazis. They just, or just no depiction of Nazis, period. You couldn't make an anti Nazi picture, the exception being at Warner Brothers, who were just like, nah, fuck it, you know, fuck those guys. Yeah. But yeah. the studio, yeah. and despite, you know, the huge, as you were saying, you know, it's most of the studio heads were Jewish. Jewish, yeah. But, you know, but you know, you know, we're about that paper, baby. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to phrase it like that, but capitalism won I out. I can. Yeah. Capitalism won out over, um, yeah, yeah, over, 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 over their literal like cousins being rounded up, right? Or, or, or well, I guess in Germany they're just being kicked out, uh, which actually ended up being a huge boon to Hollywood. Yeah, there are a ton of both Jewish and non-Jewish artists who emigrated from Germany who then made, you know, um, that's right, a lot of the best that's right. of that era in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was like Warner Brothers, and then I guess like United Artists, though. Also, because fucking like Chaplin um, made like he made a bunch of anti-Nazi movies, didn't he? Yes, but I believe I the Great Dictator has. I, I don't remember the exact details about it, but it has kind of a weird story. I, it might. I think that might have been an independent production. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no. I actually think you're right. Yeah, I think he. That was a, yeah, it was a very difficult movie for him to get made. Um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Even, so um, hesitant about making anti-Nazi movies. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, what? Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 make your point. Make your point. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. It's just gonna be like, yeah, no, it, it, it which, is, which, which, honestly, honestly, kind of connects to um, fucking, um, um, fucking uh, the Transformer movies, actually. Um, how do you mean? Well, no, well, no, just because now that like China is such a huge, um, is such a huge like, um, uh, um, uh, ex- like, like we export so many movies to China now, yeah, that even like, even a guy like Michael Bay, who is like probably not personally a fan of China, you know what I mean? Like, like, like I notice in these movies, like they just don't talk about China, period, right? Or, or China is not like, or, or in any like, I mean, what's it called? Uh, like, like, what's it called? Like, they don't. Like, like you don't see a lot of anti-Chinese movies. You know what I mean? Even though, even though, like the temperature, like in America right now, like there's a lot of anti-China sentiment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'll a lot yeah. of the time you'll even see big blockbusters will, have, especially like the the kind of jet setting ones, will have a scene set in China. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I think one of the Transformers. There's like a big scene set in China. I'm believe so i can't remember all of them but certainly yeah. a lot of the marvel movies will have like a chase in shanghai or something you know yeah exactly yeah 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 which I, by the way this is a pro-chinese podcast i'm just gonna put that out okay but i and i do want to I'm, I'm not done with my table setting but um i do building off of that i do want to mention that I've, i think one of the things that's interesting about the trans at least the first transformers movie is it does really feel like kind of the one of the last movies that's made for a specifically American audience. Um, yeah. Like it, re- yeah. it really is about like, um, it's about Americans. It's set either in America or places where America is present, you know, the Middle East. Um, it yep. has Ameri- yep. American values. It has, you know, it's a very 
patriotic movie in a way that does not feel like universal. It feels very specifically American. It's a very specific kind of like Bush era jingoism that it's embodying. Um, mm-hmm. That really doesn't seem at all interested in pander like pandering to an international audience the way that like yeah. Marvel movie that just kind of randomly drops into China does. Yeah. I think yeah. that changes by the end of the franchise. The, the Last Night is a much more international movie. You know, most of yeah. it's set outside of the U.S. And not in like, you know, the way that the first one is set outside of the U.S., but is set in, you know, a, you know, a Middle East that is occupied by the U.S. That, that feels yeah. different than like, I don't know, we'll just go to Britain for a while because, you know, we got to go somewhere. Like, we have to go somewhere. Yeah. The international yeah, we have to- is so important at this point that we have to appeal to it. Where the first one was like, no, yeah. we just want to appeal to Americans. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. If we listen. pick up anyone else along the way, that's just bonus. That used to be the way exactly. people thought, and it's not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. We got Anthony Hopkins to agree to be in this shit, okay? We need to find a way to justify him being in this, all right? Which, by the way, my dad, my dad was over today while I was watching it. And he fucking, he's like, is that Anthony Hopkins? Right? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. It is, I will say, one of the the great pleasures of Transformers the last night is just hearing Sir Anthony Hopkins say the word Cybertron multiple times. It's, there's something really beautiful about that. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk more about um, two-time Oscar winner Sir Anthony later. Um, but because what I was building to is, you know, sort of out of the ashes of the studio system in the 60s, you get this like little window of what they call New Hollywood, which we've, again, we've talked about before, but is, you know, because there's this sort of chaos in, um, or not chaos, that's, that's the wrong word, but just sort of the, you know, the old power has fallen and nothing that has quite yet risen to replace it yet. And there's a lot of uncertainty and including like on just, the the box office of the 60s and 70s is fucking weird man like it does it does not like things that were blockbusters in that era are not legible as blockbusters anymore like you you get some because like i mean in the like prior to that what you got as like you know if you look at like the biggest movie of each year like prior to the 60s like it kind of makes sense it's kind of what you would expect it's not you know what is the biggest movie of the year now but it makes sense it's like you know the longest day like a big war war epic about d-day or you know the yeah. Ten Commandments, a big biblical, biblical epic, like yeah, 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 yeah. Some like it hot, like something like that. I, I think some like it hot was the biggest movie of that year. It might have been, wasn't it? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but like, but like, but like a screwball comedy that has Marilyn Monroe, who's like one of the, you know, who was like the Kim Kardashian of her time, kind of. You know what I mean, right? Like, I don't know, but 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 no. But I see your point. But like, yeah, but like basically every movie from that era that like people are like oh that's like such a good movie like uh, like like i mean like wasn't taxi driver like a flop like all those movies like aren't they all flops no no what i what i was going to say is is i mean i don't know taxi driver wasn't the biggest movie of the year or anything but there were a lot of movies that were you know kind of um adult dramas that were huge breakout successes like the graduate was the biggest movie of its year um yeah like 67 or 68 whenever it came out like that's like a kind of low-key dramedy about a guy being sad and it played like fucking avengers you know Uh, yeah 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 which is wild honestly yeah there was there was this moment where like um yeah because that's what new hollywood was there was this moment when like 
the old system was gone. Um, audiences were responding to things in ways studios didn't understand. You know, Easy Rider was a huge hit. Um, yeah. You know, um, just Bonnie and Clyde was a huge hit. These like violent movies about like hippies or people out, you know, existing outside of society. And so yeah. there was this moment where like adult, and it, and it coincided with a moment when there was a lot of people who were coming out of film schools. There was a whole new generation of directors who, you know, were, were themselves movie obsessive. Whereas like the previous generation of directors, you know, the people who had run the like, you've been the big names in old Hollywood. They A lot of them kind of come out of theater or come out of silent movies, you know, which is kind of its own beast. But like, you know, they, they but if they'd come out of silent movies, they had, you know, kind of been inventing cin- cinema. Like, they came to cinema as a new thing. Like they, they weren't born cinema obsessives. You know, they took it as a job when they were adults, you know, but in yeah. the 70s, you get this generation of people who have lived with movies their whole life and have gone to school yeah. specifically to learn how to make movies. And so, and they come out at this moment where like all the rules are gone. You know, there's the, the old power structure is gone. The old rules are gone. And they, they kind and these generation of guys um, come out and sort of, for this moment, make these these movies that are adults and you know very influenced by like international movies, by Italian and French New Wave films, um, and you get like, yeah. So you get like Scorsese and Coppola and De Palma and Altman. You get the birth of Rob, really, of like of like you as an archetype of like person. You know what I mean, right? Of like the person that like just loves fucking movies. Yeah, right. Because like of, yeah, of the film nerd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is like a great type of nerd to be honestly you know what i mean oh don't i mean there are plenty of desperately annoying film nerds but oh no i know but like but 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 no but but you get people that like because like correct me if i'm wrong but like because like okay because like because like for so long like you have like a lot of people that like they're like um you know i mean because where did it all come from originally it all came from like the stage right you know what i mean and then, but then you get that shift from like, okay, like I was basically trained as like a stage actor. Actually, I don't know if this is true or not. I think <laughs> I'm making this up. Anyway, who cares? You were saying. But there is very specifically this like clique of guys who are all kind of hanging out together and making movies together and influencing each other. Um, and, you know, being very successful. Like The Godfather is the biggest movie of its year, you know? Um, yeah. Scorsese, I, I, I don't actually know the exact, I don't know how a taxi driver did financially, but Mean Streets I know did well. Um, like, he, and certainly very well regarded critically. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, among that clique of guys are Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Um, they are yeah. part of the new Hollywood crew. Um, but I think are worth mentioning because they are kind of two of the guys who helped kill it a little bit. And that is, you know, putting it a little too strongly. Like they personally did not kill it, but they sort of helped build the model for what would replace them. Um, yeah. Well, it's so funny that you say that because I don't know if you saw who has an EP credit on the last night. Oh, I know. Did yeah. You? No, no, no. Steven Spielberg produced all of the Transformers movies. Um, yep. Yeah. Yes, he we're, did. We're going to talk about that. But, um, but, um, Jaws, which comes out in 76, and Star Wars, that comes out in 77, are, you know, they invent a new type of movie. Um, they're genre yeah. movies, which usually were disreputable. Like, it was unusual to have 
um, sort of an, an A-list mainstream, like well-produced genre movie in the old Hollywood system. Um, like 2001, which again, pointing to the weirdness of the 60s and 70s box office, 2001 um, by Kubrick was the biggest movie of, it, of its year. Which and, is insane. Yeah. Which is insane. Weird times. Um, right. But like does have this kind of zeitgeisty thing where it's like, it's a movie with basically an extended trip sequence in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 but it's yeah, also like love very that. like a capital A art movie. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know. I couldn't get through it. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried, uh, and I fell asleep. But that you know that was un- that in and of itself was unusual to have like a sci-fi movie that was you know both that big and that um, sort of well produced. Um, nor- the like the old read on space movies, you know they're cheap little things like you know um flying saucer movies um yeah i think i think prior to star wars the biggest sci-fi movie was planet of the apes which was like yeah. you know did the biggest non-2001 which is kind of in its own category but sort of yeah. traditional yeah. kind of sci-fi movie was planet of the apes which did pretty well but it's like it, it definitely and is is a great movie but definitely feels like you know this is this was made a little bit on the cheap this was not anyone's priority it was it was made yeah. fantastically under restrictions. Um, yeah, and then Jaws, a horror movie, and Star Wars, a sci-fi movie. Obviously, they just they make massive amounts of money, and they do it in like a, an entirely new model of you know, um, coming out in the summer, like having a major media blitz, like papering everything with advertisements for weeks in advance, like and opening everywhere all at once, like rather than sort of platforming from one city to the other, and like what. Yeah, I think what they considered like opening everywhere at once is like very different than now. I think they o- both opened on like, a few hundred screens, whereas now like you know S- Spider Man probably opened on like three or four thousand in one week. Yeah, but still that was that was like that was Un- unprecedented. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 They're doing some new shit. Yeah, and you know obviously they're both hugely successful in a way like nothing yeah. had really been before and oh yeah yeah well and, and and just from the star wars perspective too i mean the fam- i mean the famous thing about george lucas is that like george lucas like fucking like maintained um uh uh, uh merchandising rights. right you know what i mean right right i mean i mean because like 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 i mean like the 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 capitalism always existed in the movie industry but like really getting like kicked into like a whole new gear by these guys you know what i mean yeah yeah and i just to to back up a second there was uh, i wanted to mention that um sort of like jaws wasn't the first like big horror movie like there had been other big horror movies like of course much like um you know star wars was kind of uh, predicted by 2001 jaws was kind of predicted by the exorcist which was yeah fucking but fucking huge like the ex yeah. like, the exorcist was a massive movie like i, I saw someone yeah. on twitter posting around an, an ad like a, a print ad for the exorcist that was in some newspaper like six months after it came out that said like hey we know it's really hard to get a ticket to our movie right now but if you go midweek the lines will probably be a little shorter like hell yeah yeah but much like yeah no you know what you, 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 my dad when the exorcist came out he saw it three times yeah you know what i mean but much like the exorcist is uh 
uh, or much like 2001 is kind of a very different animal than Star Wars. Like The Exorcist is a much more adult, sober movie um, than uh, than Jaws. And don't get me wrong, I love Jaws. Jaws, I think, is a massive. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no one's shitting on Jaws, but Jaws is yeah. Jaws is a movie that is made to appeal equally to teenagers and adults. The, yeah, the Exorcist is made to appeal to adults. It is a movie that stars. Uh, a playwright and Ing- Ingmar Bergman's favorite actor. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And what 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 year was The Exorcist again? Let me look. Like seventy three. Uh, that sounds right. Um, let me yeah. do a quick Google search. Yeah, seventy three. Um, That's so funny. My dad was thirteen. My dad is a thirteen year old son. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, yeah. My dad, who famously, his famous thing on the movie Punch Drunk Love was, it sucked, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> I, I, I will never pin him down. But I think there's something important there because Jaws and Star Wars are the moment when Hollywood realizes that you can, um, if, you, if you make a movie that appeals to everyone, you will make, yeah. a, you will make more money than a movie that, that appeals to a target demographic um yeah and that um rather than trying to get teenagers to to come to adult movies it is probably easier to get adults to go to teenager movies Um, jesus fucking christ yeah that's and that's that this is hitting me like a ton of bricks yeah and that that kind of really informs the next 50 years of movie making um greater and greater degrees because like you know from that, you get this turn into the 80s, um, and which are, you, I don't want to like blame exclusively on Lucas. I don't want to blame it all on Lucas and Spielberg for making two masterpieces. The Star Wars and Jaws are both great movies, and, and I'm glad they made them. But like you get, you get at the same time um, in the 80s a sort of reconsolidation, um, where it's um, sort of. You're you're doing your hair right now. It's very distracting. But, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was trying to make myself look like Hitler. Sorry, you're saying. <laughs> but in, in the '80s, you get um, sort of a, a again a, a reconsolidation of power in the studios. Um, it looks very different, but what what you get really is the financialization of movie making, where you get sort of big multi-channel media conglomerates starting to purchase movie houses or movie houses branching out in other areas. So that rather than having um, studios that are made, you know, whose whole business model is just to make, just make good pictures that people will see, you know, obviously movie making has always been a capitalist enterprise, at least Hollywood movie making, but for for most of its, at least for the first 50 years of Hollywood, um, it was oriented specifically towards making movies that people would see, whereas um, into the 80s, it becomes more oriented towards max- maximizing the uh, financial, the financialization of a brand, you know, and I think that's yeah. pointed out the, the George Lucas made a shit ton of money uh, on the merch- merchandising wars. And that, I think that is also really kind of an important skeleton key to everything that goes forward because more and more yeah. making is, you know, just sort of one part of a multi-channel enterprise where you also, the biggest movies also need to have a toy line. They need to have a, an amusement park ride. They need to have a spinoff. Yep. Game. They need to have a, They need to sell T-shirts. Yep. And, you know. Yep. yep. It's fucking it's, fucking books. Fucking the entire Star Wars book. Like I know so many people that just like 
were avid readers of the Star Wars Extended Universe fucking book series. You know what I mean? But you, you get that with everything in the 80s. You know, you get a Ghostbusters yeah. TV. You get, actually, you get multiple Ghostbusters TV Ghostbusters TV uh, shows, I was about to say, yeah. But, um, but like, and, you know, obviously, Spiel, at least Spielberg in particular kind of leads the way on that. Like, Lucas kind of does Star Wars and then just kind of takes a break for 15 years. But yeah. Spielberg is really kind of the director of the 80s, you know, um, like keeps breaking his own record for, you know, highest grossing movie ever made. Over and over again, yeah. Making these these movies that are fantastic. Like, I love his whole 80s run, pretty much. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, are sort of the bleeding edge of this kind of new hyper-capitalist Hollywood. Um, yeah. That is, you know, doing something notably different than what was done before. And, like, you know, the 80s are still a very diverse time. Like, you know, the, all this is happening, but, like, you do still get a lot of like, you know, mid-budget adult dramas, you know, Scorsese is still making, making movies. I'm like, not as, you know, like there's still, there's still stuff beyond that. But what you see starting from there more and more is all of that getting squeezed a little bit more each, each year. So yeah. It brings us to here where it's like, you know, you get, you know, it feels like every, every few weeks there's a story about some like, you know, there's just a, it, where it feels like it's hard to get anything other than the the stuff that is descended from Jaws and Star Wars made. Like there's real, the middle has kind of been entirely eaten away. So there's just, yeah. Like, yeah, as we've talked about, there's just kind of like very low budget indie stuff and very high budget, like tentpole stuff and not a lot of middle left. Like, but yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I mean, we've talked about like the death of like the B movie, basically. Not even the death of the B movie, but the death of like the adult drama. Um, yeah 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 facts where it's like it's hard for martin scorsese to get a movie made outside of like netflix you know it's hard like mike lee who's like a um um very successful like british filmmaker recently gave an interview he's like i can't get a fucking movie made like i've been making movies for 30 years i'm one of the most acclaimed directors in england and like i can't get a fucking movie made yeah, movies about people talking to each other in kitchens, you know. Um, no, no one wants to see that. Um, um, I want to see that. I love talking in the kitchen. To 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 begin to tie this back into um, the uh, the Transformers franchise during the eighties, you you see the rise of a little duo uh, named Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, um, who become sort of the. Uh, probably the biggest producers of certainly the nineties, probably also, you know, but like with plenty of buffer on either side, like Jerry Bruckheimer, like Don Simpson, his partner is, is this dude who like, I don't remember exactly when he dies, but he's, he's one of those guys whose heart exploded from cocaine and like 50, 50 Hell yeah. he was doing also like died before this became a thing, but like would have been one of the most me too men. Um, Yep. Yep. Just, well, not just not just him. What do you, well, I mean, there's a long list, but yeah. Yeah. No, no, there are rumors about a lot of people. I don't want to bring it up, but yeah. Oh, I mean, we'll get we'll get into him, but Michael, Mike, this is talk about Michael Bay and some shady stuff he's done, but yep. like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, allegedly, not just him actually. There, there's also I, I've heard some stuff about uh, Spielberg, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know what? You know what? Not what we're here for. 
Yeah. 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 Um, Do your own research, people. (laughs) But Bruckheimer and Simpson come up in the 80s making these like, you know, very flashy, very kind of movies that that feel very influenced by both MTV and cocaine um, that, you know, sort of redefine, again, what blockbusters are. Like their first big movie is Flashdance. From there, they make like Top Gun um, and like Days of Thunder. um, And then, but, you know, are these kind of very, very big um, and very flashy um, movies that are, you know, they feel like they feel uh, they also feel very influenced by advertising like that sense that a lot of ads have of like every image needs to be the most exciting image you've ever seen um and they and that um and they kind of launch michael bay's career and that's that's where i kind of want to that's that's the long kind of wind up that i wanted to give to get to bay just these are these are the kind of this is the long long. Oh, we're talking about the bay. We, we've yeah we wanted to talk about. Oh, hey, we're going to talk about the bay. Yeah, had to talk about the long river that fed into the bay, but now we're going to talk about the bay. Uh, oh, we got two Maryland boys talking about the bay right now. Because he's he's a guy who came out of advertising. Um, Wait, is that true? Oh yeah, yeah, and I and, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you, you can feel it because like every, yeah. every image in all of his films, uh, all, with some exceptions, which I want to talk about, um, but like he's a guy who has that kind of Bruckheimer Simpson thing of like every image needs to feel like the most important image in the world. You know, it needs to, yeah, yeah like there can't be any down moments. Like everything needs to be big. It needs to be sexy. It needs to be exciting. It needs to, you know, be cut like a music video and move like a million dollars you know there's oh, just, hell yeah. there's a lot of cocaine energy behind everything you know um yeah i love cocaine energy yeah yeah and yeah as a man that as a man that i as i told you earlier bought uh uh bought powdered bang yeah you know that's my shit yeah yeah and i think i think that's um in a way and like bay bay and tony scott who i feel like is kind of a a spiritual cousin to him in a lot of ways although i like um, at least Tony Scott's best movies a lot more than I like most of Michael Bay's movies. Is that the guy that killed himself? He did. Yeah, I think he got a cancer diagnosis and then he killed himself, I believe. Brother brother, brother of Ridley Scott. That's uh, right. That's yeah. right. But, you know, like directed like Top Gun, which is like in a lot of ways, like if you, one of those movies that like, if you think about it too hard, is kind of spiritually reprehensible. But like, there's, yeah. a, there's a reason that thing made like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like that movie moved. <laughs> That's a fun movie. Yeah, that's a cool movie. Yeah, and yeah. I hate America, but that's a cool movie. But, <laughs> but like, is is doing a you know sort of a similar thing to Bay, where you know, again, like every everything pops all the time. There's no downtime. There's no subtlety. Everything is the biggest thing that's ever happened. And like, I think that like that kind of energy, like. I, here's what I will say about Bay is like I think that it's hard to argue that he is not an artist. Like I think Bay Bay has a thing. Bay is doing something. I don't really like what he does, but like part of what I want to talk about is this kind of being the last gasp of a certain kind certain kind of movie. Is that like everything feels almost everything, and we'll get into the 
the caveat there with transformers, but like everything feels like a choice. Um, you know, it never feels like he's taking a, an at bat off, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I really love what he's doing. In fact, most of the time I, I really kind of find it distasteful. Um, but he's doing something, you know, and that, that, um, that kind of eighties, nineties, like big brawny, dumb as shit action, um, or, or just spectacle. Like there's something there. There's like a heart beating in it, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And you know that that's like my, like, that's like my like preferred genre almost yeah. is that like dumb, but because, because it's visceral, there is a beating heart. It is overwhelmingly like a, a, a lot of the messaging reprehensible, right? Like, like, like you watch a movie like Cobra, right? What the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about, it's just about cops literally killing everyone. Right. It, right. But like, but like, cool movie you know what i mean i mean i mean all of those 80s action movies but you're right a beating heart and i think i think you're right that bay really does kind of like bring that in a way because like yeah well here finish making your point finish making your point. i mean i think there's there's a beating heart but it's motivated purely by avarice um, oh yeah 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 which, yeah yeah no that yeah which i mean is kind of what makes some of it appealing like the the well-made stuff like you know the like like Top Gun to go back to that like again like, yeah that's a movie that is motivated purely by pound like piles of money and cocaine and like a kind of cynical love for America that like yeah the, the artists I feel like are mostly you know I don't think they I don't know that Tony Scott gives a shit other than this is fucking cool but yeah uh, yeah no yeah they're lionizing people that literally their job is to like I mean in the American military and like in, in that time their job is literally to just rain death upon like like indiscriminately upon like foreigners you know what i mean but god damn it look how fucking cool they are doing it you know what i mean and the thing is is that even if you have that like you know like 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 like, like even if you are skeptical of american foreign policy i challenge you to watch top gun and be like that's not cool you right. know what i mean like no it's cool and fun and yes evil but cool and fun Right. And that kind of cocaine and pile of money motivated action movie was kind of the dominant form of entertainment of Hollywood tentpole filmmaking of like the 80s and definitely the 90s. Because like the 90s, yeah. when you start to get the real bloat on that shit where you get like, you know, you look at a movie like like back in the 80s, you'd get like Cobra starring Sylvester Stallone was a guy who, yeah. you know, was built for an act for action movies. You know, it was just a dude who did steroids and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. Dude who did steroids. In the 90s, one, like, they've really taken over Hollywood as this is the thing. Like, that's when you get, like, John Cusack. Yeah. Movie. Or John Malkovich. Or, because, like, the movies have become so big that, like, you can get an Oscar winner in your cast. You know, you don't just yeah. get a steroid guy. You can, you can hide, like, there's enough money here that you can, you know, you can hire whoever the fuck you want. You can get Nicolas Cage in your movie, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and respected actor, Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah. Oh, Academy Award winner, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah, you know but, what I mean? I, I mean, fuck, you put Nicolas Cage, I mean, you had Nicolas Cage and John Malkovich 
and John Cusack in fucking Con Air. Yeah, I was I was just li- listing the cast of Con Air. Yeah, but- I was gonna say yeah yeah yeah, but exactly but exactly but yeah, because Con Air is a basically a dumb action movie, right? With an incredible cast, right? Yeah, and so, and that's kind of the heyday. And I, just in terms of in terms of pure like what I, what I'm saying in terms of just the evolution of that kind of movie, that's when it's the apex. You know, that's when it's at the top of the food chain. You know, um, Con Air. Yeah, that's that's the high point of a certain kind of Hollywood economics. You know, yeah. was that was that Tim who said that or no? Wait, 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 who was? Wait, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of Face Off. Never mind. Okay. Um, Sorry. Continue. <laughs> but I, I say all that just because I think that Transformers can only be understood as sort of the death rattle of that kind of movie, while also simultaneously being like the birthing point of another kind. Because yeah, the, yeah, where we go from New Hollywood to like Neo Hollywood. Well, no, no, New Hollywood is dead, baby. That was the seventies. You know, we're living in. Oh well, yeah. We're living in the the second studio era, you know, which is mm-hmm. notably different in a lot of important ways. But like, you know, um, New Hollywood is over. Like, you know, Robert Altman is no longer the most, imp- you know, one of the most important directors walking around. He's yeah, yeah. movie made, but like, sorry, who hated we- Robert Altman? Who hated Robert Altman? This is killing me. Who is it? Uh, I know Felix from Chapo does. Well, yeah, oh, no, 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 I know he does, but no, there's some, it's killing me now, because I know that there's, like, I know that there's, like, a famous director that just hates the shit out of Robert Altman, and, like, went on talk shows and was like, he fucking sucks, and Robert Altman was like, I don't know what his fucking problem is. I mean, I know that he was, a like, a wild drunk, so, like, I'm sure he pissed some people off, but... Okay, there you go. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. I, I remember the interview because literally not brought up. It was just purely based on his movie making. Yeah. yeah. This person was just shitting on him. Yeah. yeah. Someone like very famous. But anyway, continue. But anyway, so um, because in the 2000s, you start to see that kind of cocaine motivated action picture start to get supplanted by yeah. um, basically, basically by IP. Um you know, yeah. I, yeah, which is you know most clearly expressed in like superhero movies, but also yeah. like um, just sort of a, a growing glut of like you know anything that's based on anything that people already know. You know, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It's based on a it's based on a ride. We'll go with that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 never IP movies that were made previous to this, but like if if you want to um because like remember like all those superman movies made that was all like 70s yeah right yeah 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 so so there i know there were a few superhero movies made in like the 70s right um but like but like someone i recently saw on twitter someone was just like i want to see marvel make like keep making superhero movies but like use like the costume rate from like the 70s right you know what I mean? Because like, like, if you look at it, it's like it's like laughable to imagine like that's what you put into a superhero movie. Like like IP is like 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 people have been making IP movies before this, but it but like you but like you were kind of building to uh, before I so rudely interrupted you. It does like take on like 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 it wasn't like oh yeah you know like like okay it's like seventy something okay we're gonna have like you know this like bold like. Um, uh, a sci-fi movie called Star Wars that's based off of like the Seven Samurai, 
or, or no, 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 no. Star Wars isn't based off samurai, uh, seven mm-hmm. samurai, but like it borrows heavily from samurai from the samurai genre. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, George Lucas, and famously, a bunch of other stuff, but yeah. Oh, good. yeah, 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 yeah. Samurai and 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 uh, samurai for the Jedi, and then like you know, like westerns too. I know it's like based, which a lot of westerns take from samurai job but anyway but yeah 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 but but so like but so you'd have that and then you'd have an ip versus like you enter this new era when like basically the ip movie is dominant you know what i mean yes and also or or, or at least or at least very big yeah i mean and it it well i think it at this point it it really is almost a prerequisite if you want to get a tentpole movie made that it it be based on pre-existing ip and the 2000s yeah. is when you see that start to become norm. That like um, the most valuable thing that a movie can have is you know a pre-existing relationship to a pop, to a, an audience. You know, um, yeah. and that um, trying to create new IP um, isn't as valuable. You know, you don't like you're not like if you look back at like you know Back to the Future. Like there's a theme park ride based on Back to the Future. But the movie came first. You know, they made exactly. The, they built the audience off of that. They sold the the lunchbox that was based on the movie. Whereas in the two thousands, yeah. that yeah. relationship starts to starts to get reversed, where you're making the movie on the theme park ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I was struggling real quick just to think of like the last movie that really built its own IP, where where it was that reverse and like. Like I like like now like 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 because it because so, like because like yeah I think I think I'm having a hard time. You could maybe say I think the you could maybe say Inception, but I don't really think so because that that didn't really spin off in anything. It was a very exciting movie, but I think the real answer might be, and it's I, there's got to be something else in the 2000s. But the one that is coming to my mind, at least, is the most recent. And it's depressing how long ago this was, but the Matrix. Oh yeah, no, actually, actually, I think you're correct. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Matrix had a, a, a video game man made after it. Uh, yeah, like I mean, it totally entered the zeitgeist. I mean, yeah, no, I, you know, multiple instances of the Matrix because like there isn't an Inception two. You know what I mean, right? Oh, but right. there were multiple Matrixes. There was the Animatrix. There was yeah. I mean, fuck. I think you're right. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, God damn. God damn. We were children. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, God. Not a, God damn. Holy shit. And this is finally all just been to tee up that Transformers is kind of the moment when, you know, a, a guy who, you know, is the product of, you know, a hyper-capitalist Hollywood like Bay, who comes out of advertising. Literally comes out of advertising. Something that really, that, that is like, is like the product of American capitalism. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and films all of his movies as if they are ads. Um, but the moment he kind of, like the moment that he has to bow to that new reality. 
where yeah. he has to make like his him being you know the biggest director of the world the man who has put out hit after hit after hit you know with the exception of the island which was you know him kind of trying to make like a 1984 type movie that didn't totally work um he steps, yeah, based he, off of based off of like a like a like like a uh, no, no 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 it's not an obscure short story it's based off the lottery right um it's it's not based off the lot well, it's not based off of yeah it's not a perfect one-to-one but it's like certainly clearly it, i mean it, it it was certainly influenced by it yeah 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 it's like oh you made the lottery an action movie basically but i think like but he's always made original properties up to this point you know um yeah. with, with the exception of sequels to his own movies you know they made a bad boys too but like it's yeah. always been you know Armageddon isn't based off anything, you know? No, no. Harbor is certainly influenced by a huge number of World War II movies, but, like, is an original thing. Um, yeah. This is the this is kind of the moment where he has to evolve a little bit. And, you know... Yeah, Pearl yeah. Harbor also sucked. Per- Pearl Harbor is real bad. Um, yeah, Pearl Harbor... Pearl Harbor... Pearl Harbor is so bad. Like, you did... I don't know that like, anyone has ever had less charisma than Josh Hartnett has had in Pearl Harbor. It's yeah. one of the most boring performances I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. It yeah. would almost yeah. be better if it was just bad. Like, that would at least be interesting. It's just like, yeah. you forget he exists as you're looking at him. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, because you're taking, like, you're taking, like, what was genuinely, like, look, 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 bad, but also, like, a very exciting event, right? Like something yeah. that, like, you know what I mean, right? And you're just and and I'm just watching it, and I was just like, 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 like the only respite was when they put fucking Cuba on the goddamn screen. He did great. He's good in it, and that's it. You know, playing that, uh, playing that cook, that famously, right. uh, that black cook, yeah. Who, who, you know what I know? Having that black cook, actually. Uh, he went on to have people refer to him as that black cook for the rest of history. Yeah, no, yeah, but I mean, besides that, okay, no, uh, he got uh, he got blown up. Uh, he was on a ship that got that sure did get blown up, just okay. exploded. Yep, he died in the war, but but right, and guess what? He was he was still a cook, isn't that cool? Anyway, but, hero of Pearl Harbor, but who cares? Anyway, yeah, go on, yeah, so, so you get Transformers, the film. The um, origin story of this is that Hasbro decided that they wanted to make a movie with one of their products. That, which again, I think kind of points to the way the, the relationships in Hollywood have shifted in that you know, a, a toy company is driving the, driving the bus and like making movies like to advertise their own products, um, essentially. Mm-hmm. But the, again, mm-hmm. the IP comes first. Um, yeah, yeah. And they originally wanted to make a G.I. Joe movie um, back in like the early 2000s, but decided that that would feel a little weird after the invasion of Iraq. That would kind of have some different resonances that they didn't really want to get into. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Cobra is like, because they call Cobra like a terrorist organization. And then terrorists got a, right, like like in like the cartoon I know, yeah. they refer to it as a terrorist organization, right? But that was back when like terrorists just kind of meant like, you know, some pretty extreme guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Carlos the Jackal, I don't know. A roguish villain. Yeah. He certainly killed some people, but it's not like going to upend civilization. 
Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Plus all the people he killed, I mean, kind of deserved it, but yeah. Okay. All right. Pump the brakes a little bit there. <laughs> You're going to make a note for the time to edit that out. Anyway, no. Um, After um, that, they pivot to Transformers. They're sort of, their other, like, big property that already has some, like, pre-existing, like, again, pre-existing media like there's been a tv show there's been movies and they've had orson welles voice of planet you know uh, it's true he sure did yeah. did you have a transformers toy growing up no i did not i did not give me solitary fuck about transformers me neither me neither they were more of an 80s thing i think um yeah yeah but i feel like i had a lot of friends that had like transformer toys and i remember saying to my dad i was like well, I also remember a lot of my friends complaining that I was breaking their toy because I was. But also, but also, I remember asking my dad for one, and he's like, "No, why?" And I was like, "But oh, that's a fair point." He's like, "Yeah, you don't watch the show." I'm like, "True." Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm done talking. But yeah, so um, and they they then bring. Uh, let me make sure that I. I don't know that this matters, but um. And somehow they they end up bringing that to Steven Spielberg, um, who is yeah. the, um, one of the three co-founders of DreamWorks, um, and you know also Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah. yeah. To being you know if you have to pick a most important like post studio system director in Hollywood, it's probably Steven Spielberg. And, you know, yeah. there's a reason he he went on to found his own studio. You know. Um, exactly yeah um yeah yeah a man a man a man who made so many hits that he could just be like i'm gonna make one of the most depressing movies of all time and you can't do shit about it actually no but holocaust movies are kind of big you know what i mean are they kind of big i don't know we're I, I was talking about this in a in, in in jew chat which is the jewish only group chat that i started on twitter and 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 uh what's it called we were talking about that. We we're trying to come up with like what was like the last good like like Jewish movie that wasn't a Holocaust movie. We were kind of struggling. I think we kind of decided like maybe Yentl was like the last one. Oh, dude, you're you know miss- I- you're missing the most obvious one. That is not even that old. Wait, wait what are you are you going to say? Um, um, uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. So someone said that, and I agree with that. But there was a lot of weird pushback to it because people were like, "It's not a Jewish movie. It just happens to have a Jew." as the main character but it's not a no no no, no. yeah no 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 yeah i there's, a, there's, there's a satyr in that movie yeah 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 no yeah no 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 the filmmakers were bummed that they could not get amari studemeyer because they wanted yeah. a, they wanted a black jewish guy for their movie a black jewish yeah. basketball player yeah 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 no 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 He's no no no, no. I, garnett yeah yeah exactly no 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 i 1000 percent agree with you no it is a jewish movie yes yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 like but like but like besides that, like what a Holocaust movie. You know what I mean? Right? I'm I'm cutting this off. Irrelevant dis- diversion. We're not here to talk about Holocaust movies. We don't. Need to I, movies. You said you wanted me to be the Stephen A. All right, and here I am. You Matt, you know I respect the Holocaust. What? <laughs> I wanna I wanna go with Stephen A. Smith to the Holocaust Museum. Okay, but but um, six million really? 
We're talking about six million. Oh, oh, no, no, I'm doing nope. the <laughs> no, Jesus Christ, no. We will not do that. I know that's not what you meant. You weren't dabbling in denial, but we're not. We're not. No, dabbling. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, oh, no. That's bad, but also I did the voice. Oh, no. A lot of reasons to cut that one off. Um, All right. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm going to change my Abby on Twitter to a black circle. And what's it called? And I'm going to, I'm going to write a pastebin uh, apology for that. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, so they, they go to Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg is like, absolutely, we will do that. You know, this will be Dream, DreamWorks' tentpole for whatever year it comes out. Um, and there's a, the writing process on this takes a while. Um, they hire, I don't know if they hire initially, but eventually these two guys, uh, uh, I know their last names are Kurtzman and Orchi, or Orchi, O-R-C-I, um, who write most of the, the Bay movies. They, they become like a very powerful and successful screenwriting duo until one of them, I do not remember which one, gets like way too publicly into 9-11 conspiracy theories and is kind of oh, too bad. Um, that's too bad that's yeah. too bad because there are some real questions that you could ask about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> but anyway they um there are like a bunch of different um ideas of how to go about making this movie um like the initial pitch is basically just this is a movie about the characters played by shia labeouf and megan fox like that's it and yeah. the, like spielberg looks at it as like this is a movie about a boy and his car like you know, every American kid like fantasizes about having a sports car. Uh, what if, you know, and what if you could push that fantasy a little further and like your sports car was also your best friend who fought robots? Like that's the hard yeah. one. Um, you think every American boy wants a sports car? I mean, not literally, but it's, you know, that's like some very like, you know, Norman Rockwell shit. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, I had a station wagon and I loved that motherfucker. <laughs> I miss that motherfucker every day. Are you kidding me? This is hard I've to almost, I, when we speak in generalities, we're not speaking specifically about you. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to be on the record. <laughs> I want that, I want that, I want that 2000 Volvo cross country so bad. Put, put my boys. Put two, make two of my boys sit in the seat that faces back, faces backwards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, my first car had one of those. Love those. Yeah, those are so cool. They, yeah. Why don't they make those anymore? God, I'm literally turning into an old man complaining about how things used to be better back in the day. Okay, move on. Anyway, but like they initially are like the transformer shouldn't talk because that's fucking stupid. Um, Wait, like, hold on. Don't they? But they talk in the fucking TV show because it's really a TV show. And that's the reason they changed it. They were like, the fans won't accept it because they talked in the TV show. And I think exactly. that's also an important point because this, this is kind of the moment where, I mean, not this, oh. moment, but this era is where the IP must be res- respected above all else. Like we have to exactly fans. Like for most yeah. Hollywood, like you said, people have been adapting books and plays and whatever for as long as there have been movies. But for yeah. you know, the vast majority of the time, it's like, if you adapt a book, you're going to change the book, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean, remember, like, I mean, I mean, the Simpsons character of comic book guy, like, part of the whole bit of comic book guy is that he's always complaining about how, like, such and such isn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 about, he's basically always complaining about canon, right? And the whole joke is, like, look at this idiot loser who gives a shit, you know yeah. what I mean? And then it's like, yeah, then we get into the 2000s and, and, and you have people who are, like, just like just just shark-eyed 
like hyper capitalist freaks just being like we care about canon we must respect the canon well yeah i mean the, like jaws is based on a book and the book is radically different like you know yeah, exactly in jaws the roy scheider character kills the uh or at least allows the uh um, Richard Dreyfus character to die because Richard the Richard Dreyfus character fucked his wife, and St- Steven Spielberg is just like that does not need to be in this movie, like that's not the kind of movie I want to make, and that was just kind of widely accepted that that's how you make a movie if you're adapting IP you have to adapt it, um, but then start wait hold on wait in the so so, so hold on yeah so in the in the book mm-hmm. Roy Schneider's wife gets fucked by Richard Dreyfus. Yes. And then in the climax, Richard Dreyfus allow, or uh, sorry, Roy Schneider allows Richard Dreyfus to die because he fucked his wife. Let's That's get- honest. Honestly, he did nothing wrong. <laughs> and, like, you know, sticking on Steven Spielberg, like Jurassic Park, the film is radically different than Jurassic Park, the book. Like Jurassic Park, the book has a much higher body count. Like um, uh, Jeff Goldblum dies. Uh, um, John Hammond, the uh, Richard Attenborough character, he dies, or is one of the whichever fucking Attenborough it is, he dies. Like you know, yeah, you know, this is we're we're trying to make him. We want we have a different vision for the movie. We want it to appeal more to kids. So you know, we're gonna yeah. lower the body count a little bit. We're gonna make it a little twinklier. Um, that was just accepted. And where that kind of changes, I think, is with the the Harry Potter movies, um, because those are like slavishly dedicated to the books that's kind yeah. of where it's like the fan um attachment to these books is so strong that if we change one little thing people will fucking write which is how exactly you, yeah the first movie is like three hours fucking long and it's like a yeah it's like a 200 page book but they're just like we can't leave anything out if we leave anything yeah. out, people will write um, exactly yeah and then, and then no because i remember because i think in some of the movies they do end up eventually leaving stuff out because yeah, the first book is like two hundred pages. pages long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like we. I mean, fuck. And then they're like, okay, fine, we're gonna split Deathly Hallows into two movies, yeah. which like yeah, it was it might have been done to you know right for economic reasons, but let's be honest, was probably a good chance done just because they're like, all right, this is the last one, this is the epic conclusion. People are gonna freak the fuck out if we don't give them six hours of movie well, that one i think it's also just you know we why would we sell this once when we could sell it twice well no 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 no, no. yeah 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 no 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 i think that was absolutely like the primary reason mm-hmm. but also like yeah i'm sure it didn't hurt but but yeah i mean and that's how you get to like you know the, disagree with me again Talking robots is going to sound fucking dumb, but we have to do it because the fans will hate it if we don't. And you know what? The talking yeah. robots sound fucking dumb. <laughs> they sound dumb as shit. Like, and I'm not even talking about like, like who who was it? What are they? Is that Ra- or, or I was going to say Ratchet and Clank, but that's not the same. <laughs> who, are the, who are the two? You know the ones I'm talking about. Oh, the, 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 two from, the two from Revenge of the Fallen, the second movie, who are, you know, okay, from the beginning, all of the Transformers are like just racial stereotypes. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, like, the second movie <laughs> has two like D.W. Griffith level, like, <laughs> yeah. 
like yeah Amos yeah. and fucking Andy Andy yeah racial character racial caricatures one of who I don't remember both of their names but I am 99% sure one of them is named Mudflap um yes no you're right yep it's definitely yeah. Mudflap yep and I can't remember what the other one's name is but what I do remember is and I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up at least one of them has gold teeth um that sounds so- right yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching that in the theater, of course, right? And I wasn't the wokest, uh, I wasn't the wokest teenager, okay? Oh, and I know this is going to come as a shock. I know it's going to come as a shock to everyone. But even I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Re- Revenge, oh, no. Revenge of the Fallen, the second one, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's... <laughs> It's like it's even just beyond the racism, it's just it's completely incoherent. It's like yeah, yeah, it's is yeah. Bad. But I think the decision to like, okay, so the robots are going to talk, so we have to give them personalities. You know, we're we're making something for children, and we're you know, I don't know. You we're we're the type of guys who are working on this movie, so we're going to make them all. We're going to make them all racial caricatures, and that like I think there's that line of thinking leads to this like cascading series of decisions. Like we have to give them personalities now in like ways that are like beyond like, you know, Bumblebee, the car that Shia LaBeouf has, he's like, you know, he's kind of, he's a little, he's kind of like, you're, you know, he's, he's a sidekick. He's the best guy. He's, you know, he's a little shy yeah. sometimes. He's a little jokey, Optimus Prime yeah. leader, like beyond these like very broad, like archetypes, like we have to give them specific personalities, but also like, are going to make those kid friendly, I guess, and reliant on this film's kind of awkward, like Dane Cook 2007 humor that's all just kind of, you know, just just racist, but like also has yeah. these, leads to these other decisions, like that just because you have to give them personalities, like one of that just don't make any, like they work so hard, but also are so lazy at the same time. Like we've got to do a lot of business, but we're not going to think any of it through. Like one of yeah. them, when they're introducing the team, like halfway through the movie, they introduce one of them as the medic. Like, what do what do robots need doctors? You mean mechanic? <laughs> yeah. Nope. 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 We mean medic. In in the last night, the robot voiced by John Goodman is like smoking a cigar and has like a beard, like. Does yeah. He, oh. 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 You're talking about a uh, hound. Sure. I don't. I don't remember any of their names, Matt. I rem- yeah. Yeah. The I'm, operator. Yeah. I remember Optimus Prime and Megatron. But there's, yeah. there's Optimus Prime, Megatron, Starscream. Yeah. There's there's the robot that is for some reason fat, um, who's voiced by yeah. John Goodman, who has like a little chain link beard and smokes on a little robot cigar. And it's like, yeah, you have to give them personalities. So this one's going to be like the stereotypical 1940s World War II movie Sarge guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have, yeah. Oh, oh, look at this. We're going to have the, uh, we're going to have the like, uh, 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 kind of like shifty, fast talking East Coast type um, Transformer voiced by uh, Steve Buscemi, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. Another, another one of the weird things about these movies is that like, Michael Bay hired like half the like recurring cast of the Coen Brothers extended universe. Like yeah. John Turturro is the like weird like deep state Transformers agent yeah. guy. Um, I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure Francis McDormand shows up in one of the sequels. 
Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's what I love about Michael Bay is that Michael Bay, for, for listen, for being the most cocaine, like, fucking freak person, he is. he does genuinely seem to, like, love the movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, and has the budget to, like, cast well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like he's you know. always chock full of like awesome character actors and yeah oh no oh no and I think he even hires like some like legitimately very um because I forget oh my god what's the guy he's on like Futurama um fucking um I think he played Bender that oh, guy yeah um um yeah like very famous voice actor but I think he lends a voice in this yeah to someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so peppering in, like, yeah, with these, like, very accomplished actors, but then also, like, but, like, not just doing the thing that, like, happens a lot of time now in voice acting where it's like, okay, who's, like, the hottest person right now? Okay. Oh, we're going to, like, throw, like, Zendaya into, like, a role. We're going to have Chris Pratt voice everything. Exactly. Yeah. What's the the fact that he has, like, I don't, I, I have liked Chris Pratt and things. I think he's been used poorly a lot, but I think he can be used well. But the least distinctive thing about Chris Pratt is is his voice. Like, yeah, wearing Steve Buscemi for a voice role makes sense because he has a distinctive voice. You know, yeah, Chris Pratt sounds like anyone. Sounds like me. Sounds like you. Yeah, yeah. We're well, both. We're both actually Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is just Chris Pratt doing two. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a Jewish character and a not Jewish character, and that's it. Yeah. I but no I mean, well didn't you I don't know if you saw I think he said he's not going to do the accent when he plays Mario which uh, why why yeah. would, why well, would you make a Mario movie and not have Mario sound like Mario exactly yeah 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 because even in like the times when like Mario has been put to live action like at the least you have someone who's like basically coded as like a fucking like a fucking like East Coast Italian American type you know what I mean right. You hire Bob Hoskins for some reason, but at least... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But Bob Hoskins at least sounded like he was, like, from yes. New York or something yeah. like that, right? And then uh, and then I think in the TV show, they had Captain Lou Albano. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, which, honestly, perfect casting. But... But anyway, again, so we were, we were actually still talking about, like, the original pitch for the movie. I do want to I do want to flesh that out a little bit more because I think... In, important to understanding why this movie is the way that it is is you know they they have this you know they they have the pitch and then they go to michael bay because he's you know he's one of the the biggest directors of the moment or like would you like to direct what is going to be our temple franchise um and his initial answer is no um that's that's some nerd shit why would i want to direct that that's so cool um and i think that's some nerd shit is like such uh is is the animating impulse of so much of this movie like there it feels like anytime there's an actual transformer on screen it's just michael bay like you can feel michael bay waving his hand and be like some nerd will happen there like whatever yeah 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 the thing that actually gets michael bay hard and the thing that he added to this movie, because again, originally it was just going to be Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, and Bumblebee. And you know, they'll get they'll meet Optimus Prime, they'll be adventurous, but that's the core of it. That's the storyline. And Michael Bay comes in and, you know, they, in, on Wikipedia, it says they like, you know, took him to Hasbro headquarters and, you know, introduced him to the lore and he came to really respect it. But I think that just means they, 
you know, backed a Brinks truck full of money up to his house and dumped yeah. it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine bringing Michael Michael Bay to the bath? Like, just, you yeah. know what I mean? Just, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's oh, cool. What he added was all of the military shit. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's what that's what Michael Bay is into. He's into the military shit. Like I do believe that he is a true believer in all of that. You know, he this is a man who made a a Benghazi movie. Benghazi movie. Yeah, a Benghazi movie, and then like, and then like, and then like, and then like from from what I heard, kind of like shopped it around in the same way that um, David Lynch tried to get um, what's her name, fucking. Um, Laura Dern. Uh, yeah, Laura Dern, like an Oscar consider. Yeah, like the same, like 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 yeah, just that um, that commitment to the bit. But yeah, no, no, no. Michael Bay, Michael Bay loves the American military. Yeah, true patriot. How this ends up being like half a kind of vaguely Amblin-y like story about a boy in his car that like you know it's like Steven Spielberg with the heart cut out of it and like replaced by like shots of Megan Fox and booty shorts and like a million dollars. Yep. 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 No complaints here. If, if, if ET was a cocaine addict, you know, that's kind of, (laughs) yes. Yeah. And the other half is like this, like, again, like a Tom Clancy movie. If Tom Clancy was addicted to cocaine, you know, it's exactly. It's, you know, it's this globe trotting, like military thriller. Um, And the, the two halves, like, feel completely incoherent but feel completely incoherent in a way that like kind of feels appropriate to the moment the movie arrives because like that that is bush's america like one 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 half like um you know completely just the most fattened like suburban shuds just like you know in, with this, you know, because the Shia LaBeouf character is, lives in this massive McMansion his parents have. His, like the greatest yeah. struggle in his life is, you know, am I going to get a, a brand new sports car or a used sports car? And I'm like, this is oh treated, treated, treated like the end of the world. And like, you know, but at the same time, like there's this, you know, um, epic military struggle occurring across the world that like his life feels completely divorced from. Um, yeah. You know, that's 2007. Um, yeah, throw, yeah. Throw an economic meltdown, and that's the end of the Bush years. You know, exactly, perfect, perfect. That no, and you're right. That is like the perfect encapsulation of what it was like. That like, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. A, a, a person, a person complaining about problems that aren't real, right? And then also, and then also, just like, oh yeah, and like you know, half a world away, kind of out of sight, out of mind. We're just, we're just poor. We're, we're just, just, just just knee deep in blood and treasure baby let's go yeah yeah and i mean i i think that that is interesting um but i also i mean i just get into it now a little bit i think the the movie is kind of shit um yeah it's it's not a good movie honestly yeah i mean i i uh i think this is probably the best of them but it's still not very good you know it really uh, you think that Probably, yeah. I've I have I, a spicy take then, but keep going. Oh well, mm, I think I know where you're gonna go, and I, I'm I might be willing. We'll 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 talk more about it when we get to the next one. But um, okay. But uh, fuck um, like I think my problem with Bay, um, 
because again, I, I do have, I, I get the appeal of that kind of like cocaine filmmaking. Like I like Tony Scott, I like Top Gun, but I think that Bay doesn't really have, you know, he's too, like all of his Im- individual images are powerful. You know, he knows how to create an exciting image, at least when he's working with practical effects. Like the explosion yeah. in this movie is all fun, but all, and occasionally you'll get a CGI moment that kind of feels like something that is, you know, that someone put heart and soul into, but a lot of it just feels kind of simultaneously over-designed and underthought through. Like, again, like you can kind of feel Bay waving his hands and being like, there's some nerd shit there. Like, you know, I, yeah. like, even like the Transformers themselves, I don't think are that well-designed. Like, um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're like, it, it, they, they always seemed like very, because like not like uncanny valley because that's not the right phrase but like just like i don't know why like like cuz i've seen not every transformers movie now i think i've seen cuz what was the last one with Shia LaBeouf is that 3 yeah okay okay so weirdly yeah so i've seen 1 2 3 and 5 now um 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 and i remember i saw 1 2 and 3 in the theater and i remember just like there was something about the transformers and like them like transforming you know what I mean? And all like the little like, you know what I mean? Like that just always made my fucking skin crawl. Like, I don't know why. Like it felt like weird to me. You right. know what I mean? It, it kind of, it, it feels like too much and nothing at the same time. Like in, I, and I don't think that like the original cartoon is like something that's like really well designed or anything. No. But there is like a kind of. It's sim- dumb. No, but I mean, even just in terms of the artwork and the way the Transformers look and the way the Transformers happen, it's not like no one's going to like rank that as like the best shit they've ever seen. But like there's 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 a simplicity to both the design of the Transformers themselves and the way they transform. It's, you know, it's kind of blocky, but like it. It's like simple enough to be coherent. Like, I, you know, when, yeah. people, when people talk about design, like specifically character design like you want something that's like you know this is an overused word but a little iconic like a which like also, me exactly but that also means I'm iconic. you can't throw too much shit in the stew like you want a couple elements that like yeah. let the character stand out um you know an interesting silhouette a couple of details <laughs> of <laughs> An interesting, an interesting and distinguished silhouette, and then a couple of eye-popping details that sort of draw you in and distinguish it from other things. When you look at the Transformers, they all kind of look the same. Like their silhouettes are all very similar for the most part, but also there's just like so much shit happening at all times. Like both in, again, in the way they transform, which is this kind of like weird, not even liquid metal, but like almost like nanobot, like million yeah. pieces thing that like it kind of doesn't look like anything your eye is kind of overwhelmed um yes exactly yeah yeah like i said like it made me feel fucking sick to watch yeah and i think that that applies to both the, to the robots specifically and also to bay's style generally is that like there's so much happening at all times and particularly in the way it's edited i think is the real problem that it it just kind of it it has the the patina of something exciting but it's so turned up to 11 and so incoherent that it mostly just leaves me kind of feeling adrift like i don't actually feel excited you know um, yeah yeah 
Can I say something real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, I've been sitting on a nail this whole time, I just found out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> pretty funny. But yeah, no, 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 no. But I totally know what you mean. Like, because like, because like, I mean, like at its base, like what is this story? This story is about, you know, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean well, Matt, it's kind it, of a fish out. It's about a, it's about a cube, Matt. Before, before there was time, there was the cube, as the opening narration tells us. Man, man, so many movies deal with fucking cubes. You know what I mean? I didn't know that becoming a film guy was going to involve me having to deal with cubes so fucking much. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's, that's the other thing that, like, is just endemic to movies now that this, that didn't start here, but certainly, like, this exemplifies it, is just... All, all plots ultimately come down to a MacGuffin now. And yeah. it's, you know, there's just some magic thing and whoever controls it, they win. And that means that every, the climax of every movie is now just, you either have to close some sort of gate or we have to, you know, control some sort of object, you know, that's it. Like, it's just, it's a CGI cutscene, you know? Um, yeah. And that's another kind of weird tension to this movie in that it's like, it's kind of uh, again like Amblin by way of Bogota um, or Medellin, like Boy in His Car movie. It's also a Tom Clancy thriller, but it's also an impenetrable fucking lore movie. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We've got to talk about the cube. We've got to talk about the war for Cybertron. We've got to talk about. Um, the all spark and which I think is also the cube. I don't remember. Um, and we've got, to I, 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 it, it literally like in one era, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's so much and so incoherent and so like, again, like hand wavy, like the fans are going to eat this shit up. Who cares for the rest of us? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, 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 look, like copy, fans are going to love it. Yeah. You copy and pasted from a Wikipedia <laughs> put it in the script yeah yeah it changes from film to film like we'll get into this more in the in the in the second half but like the lore is like so dense but also like constant like it you could not put it all together like it it sets with every movie and like also even just within this movie does not make any sense like they say like so the the overarching plot is you know Shia LaBeouf he, he He's descended from a guy who found the first Transformer, which makes him the most important little boy in the universe. Transformers are coming to start a war for Earth for something to get this cube. The cube is the origin of life or some shit, or robot life at least. Who who knows? Anyway, Megatron, who's a big Transformer, he came here like, uh, I don't know, a long time ago, got frozen in the ice in the Arctic because he was looking for the cube. Uh, He got discovered by Shia LaBeouf's grandfather and like, who's an Arctic explorer in like 1935. I remember this specifically. It's in 1935. Yeah, yeah. I thought, were we still exploring the Arctic then? I feel like that's a little late. Yes, but also they say that like, there's all this technology that was reverse engineered from Transformers, including cars. They say cars. Yeah, they do say cars. We had cars in 1935. We had, we, like, 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 yeah, like a lot of people had cars in 1935. Like, not just like, 
like 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 it's not like what is it like like what that famous story like 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 in like the early 20th century there were like two cars in ohio and they crashed they you got know what i mean with each other yeah exactly yeah 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 not no, like no, 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 no 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 people yeah exactly yeah 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 cars are a thing yeah yeah, I, it's, yeah, but um, to back up to what we were, um, did that pick up? What? Oh, I farted a little bit. I wanted to know if that picked up on mic, but I guess not. So there we go. No, I was, uh, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, are you um, kidding me? But I, are you I, kidding I, me? I'm too relaxed. But I think that like incoherent is the word that like is sort of the watchword for this movie, both in terms of like the the story but also again to circle back a little like, okay what are you laughing about no 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 just that i'm lying down okay yeah there you go i've reclined all the way i'm gonna winnie the Pooh it look at that Ooh. Yeah. there you go uh, guys you guys can't you guys can't see this but rob has grown his beard back out and man he looked handsome it's distracting anyway yeah what's it called yeah oh, i made him smile ah oh, love it anyway no, but so yeah, 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 yeah. So everything was reverse engineered. Um, which actually now is kind of hmm. Considering the second Transformers movie, I'm starting to be like, hmm. Wait, or, or, or not the second one, the, the 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 fifth one that we also watched. I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm starting to see some canon issues right now. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the into that when we get to the the last night. But like, yeah, each each movie simultaneously feels like. Um, it's the sequel to like 10,000 movies and you'll never catch up on the backstory but also feels like a complete reinvention of the canon each time like, yes, yes. So you constantly feel at sea if you're like trying to pay attention um, which, yeah, yeah. Again, like as, as much as these movies are made for like you know hardcore like they're made for everyone but they part of who they're made for is for hardcore fans but like the they also feel like completely contemptuous of their audience because like if you actually try and pay attention to this shit none of it makes any sense and if you take it seriously it doesn't make any sense um and like ultimately they feel like again like just ultimately very cynical movies you know bay will talk a lot about like how um you know when he's responding to him being you know pretty critically I mean, I, I don't think reviled is an inappropriate world, word, really. You know, he's not held in high regard critically. And he'll just kind of wave his hand and be like, I make, I make movies for boys, so sue me. But that, that, yeah, exactly. That ultimately feels pretty contemptuous um, of his audience. Like, a lot of, lots of people make movies for kids. Like, Spielberg made movies for kids. But, like, yeah, they were good. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could put out a good product that is also popular. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's been done so many times. Yeah, you and know what so, I mean? Like so much of this feels like who fucking cares? You know? Yeah, it's for kids. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we talked, we talked. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean yes, movies for kids, sure. But then also, like, I mean, I mean, in like every genre. I mean, like we talked. What was that uh, in October about? Like fucking like um uh um. Like, 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 like Halloween, right? Halloween, Halloween, an incredible movie, the original Halloween, an incredible movie, and also like out of this world popular and genre changing, you know what I mean? Right? I mean, I mean, fucking. Ultimately, uh, a movie for teenagers. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's it? I mean, ET sucks, but like, fucking like, no, ET sucks. ET bad movie. You know what I would have done? Me and all my homies, we discover ET. We're killing him with hammers. You're just stealing a tweet now. I am stealing a tweet, but I can. You can steal tweets. It's great. You know that. You just did. You can just steal. Yeah, you get. Yeah, especially if it's from like a an account with less followers than you. You can just steal tweets and then retweet it, or, or, or just say it's your own thing. It's great, right. fantastic. I should start doing that. Okay, all right, but yeah, I mean, all, all this is just a long winded way of saying I think this movie sucks. Like, you know, the I, I don't think the action is even very good because, like, again, it's no, it's, it's not. It's incoherent. Like Bay's whole thing is like, you know, film a bunch of really exciting images, but the way they're cut together. Like one, if yeah. everything is the high point of the movie, like nothing is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Like, I honestly basically didn't pay attention for half this movie. Like, I just couldn't. Like, yeah. I, 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 I could not be brought to care. Like, 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 it was me, right? I was like watching it and then like, and then like, I would just like stare at my phone and then like every once in a while I'd be like, oh wait, something's happening. I'd watch it for five minutes. I'd be like, damn, I mean, okay. And then, like, I'd, like, go back. Like, 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 I had such a hard time paying attention to this movie that by the time it was over, I was just kind of like, it's Transformers. I don't have to. I don't have to. They, they, we're not talking about the color of fucking pomegranates. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, I don't have to. Yeah. It's not a movie that rewards attention. And No. And, I mean, it, even, like, again, like, the way that the action is cut. Like, and I, I do want to yeah. focus on this for a second, like the editing of it, because Bay is really indicative of something that like, I think is a broader trend beyond him for this period. I think it's kind of fallen away a little bit, but like traditionally, you know, speaking of the color of pomegranates, we talked about that. We talked about different styles of editing. And uh, yeah. yeah, the Soviet theory of editing was very like, intellectual and based on like, you know, producing an idea based on the collision of images. And the American yeah. style of editing was all about like establishing spatial relationships. Like yeah. you have to shoot and cut very carefully so that people know where each character is in space in relation to the others. Um, and so there are all these very yeah. specific rules about how you cut movies to make sure that people always understand like at a gut level where everyone is in relation to each other. So they don't have to think about it. And Bay's whole thing. And like, this is not a thing that began with him. You know, it's kind of a, a thing that really took off with the whole like Bruckheimer era of filmmaking, but he really is kind of the, you know, kind of the, the zenith of it is just cutting with complete disregard for those spatial relationships. Like, yeah. if you watch a Michael Bay movie with the sound off, the action scenes make no sense. Like, you can't tell where anyone is in relation to anyone else. And, yeah. you know, you can, you can say that, like, who cares? Most people aren't thinking about that. I think that's true. Like, I don't think anyone is, like, watching a Michael Bay movie being, at least most people, people who don't have my particular brain disease, are watching a Michael Bay movie and being like, you broke the 180 degree rule you're not allowed to do that you know but yeah but but they, but, but they feel it feels weird they feel yeah. weird and like distinct and like that's the thing. i don't know what the fuck 180 degree rule is but i watch american movies you know what i mean and 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 you're absolutely correct it like they feel weird yeah i think ultimately his movies just feel assaultive rather than exciting like, yeah they're trying to yeah. like bowl you over with so much spectacle but no real um i don't i was about to say subtlety but i'm not even really looking for subtlety i like spectacle just deployment you know any kind of thought about how things fit together 
Yeah, which like, and honestly, what I'll say is like about that is like honestly, like I I'm at a point where I'm happy to watch someone try something. You know what I mean, right? Like absolutely. Because what's the thing that he invented? He Ooh. invented uh, uh, Michael Bay. He invented like a filmmaking technique. Uh, I forget what it is, but it's like one of the famous things. That it's like, oh, did you know Michael Bay actually? It was something to like be able to capture action scenes better. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look it up and let you know. Um, I'm not going to look it up. You'll look it up. He, he is an artist. Like, I do think he's an artist. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's like not a terrible director, but like, but like these movies, or this movie in particular, we're just talking about this movie. This movie sucks. This movie's a bad movie. This movie is not, and the funniest thing about it is this movie was so fucking successful. Yeah, there's a reason there are five of them. I mean, um, we'll just to kind of do like a, I think we, we, we can wrap up this first one. We'll just do a quick lightning round on like other reasons it sucks. Like just nothing makes sense. Like just there's, there's no thought put into like character relationships. Like it, towards the end of the movie, like when they're at the Hoover Dam, like finding Megatron, like having all that explained, like at one point, like Josh Duhamel, who plays the like main military guy, like threatens to like mutiny because they're not treating Shia LaBeouf well. He's never met Shia LaBeouf. He's never yeah. heard of him. Like basic stuff like that isn't thought through. Why would this like dedicated soldier, like and decorated, yeah. and, risk his career over some kid he's never heard of? Other than well, on. Shia LaBeouf is the main character, so people have to the other good guys have to treat him right. Well, hold on. Well, hold on. I can actually answer that. Why he would do that? Why is it? But because he's a Navy SEAL. That's why, and they love doing shit like that. Okay, whatever. But um, <laughs> this Prime speaks like he's like he. All of his lines are like yeah, written by David Frum. They're all yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I wrote, yeah. I wrote, That's one, I wrote one. Uh, freedom is the light of all sentient beings. Shut the fuck yeah. up. What are you talking about? Every time Optimus Prime talks, I was just like, oh my fucking God. You know what? I actually- You're I, from well, space. No. Why, why are you constantly on the verge of giving the axis of evil speech? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you, this is kind of bridging into the next movie we we're going to talk about, but I actually liked it way more than this movie. And one of the reasons was Optimus Prime barely fucking talks in it. Yeah. Well, that, you know that, what I mean? That's its own thing. We'll get into that. But um, yeah. <laughs> just last thing, like, like they're the the whole climax of the movie. Their plan is okay. So they've got they've got the cube. The cube is the thing. You know, they they've got to keep Megatron from getting the cube because if Megatron gets the cube, he wins for some reason. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Couldn't tell you why. Yeah. Could not tell you why. I but think, I know I it's think, bad. I don't think Michael Bay could tell you why. But their plan, they've, <laughs> they've, got, they've got the cube at like at at the bottom of the Hoover Dam, which was apparently built to hide Megatron and the cube. Like this, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, got them at, they've got it underground at an incredibly well-fortified military installation. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just real quick. Like, didn't like a bunch of people die building the Hoover Dam? I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it was a massive construction process and like project in like the 30s. I'm sure a bunch of people died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, so I think there's actually a memorial at the Hoover Dam to how many people died building the Hoover Dam. And it's so funny that in this world, that many people died building the Hoover Dam so that they could hide Megatron <laughs> and the cube. <laughs> anyway, not even, not even thinking about that. 
They've, they've got the cube underground at a military base. Their plan yeah. has to defend the cube is remove it from that base and take it to downtown Los Angeles to, to draw out the evil, the evil robots. So they will attack downtown Los Angeles. Town Los Angeles, yeah. Because when they get to downtown Los Angeles, they can use their air power. Like that's... <laughs> We are going to draw the robots to LA to bomb them. We're going to bomb LA. That's our plan. LA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because famously America doesn't have a lot of wide open space anywhere in America. Where... Out west in Nevada. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Listen, I've driven through Nevada and it feels like it's just Blade Runner the entire time. And... Um... Once I, I legitimately don't understand how they defeat Megatron. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. Well, Sh- well, Shia LaBeouf puts the cube in Megatron and it kills him, but I don't understand why. I thought his whole deal was he wanted the cube, wanted the cube. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I don't it just, just, just a completely incoherent movie that makes no sense and is stupid. Yeah. And then my favorite part is after having a massive battle between like a dozen robots, like building, like robots the size of buildings in downtown Los Angeles. At the end, they pretend as if like people still don't know about Transformers. Like they have to go back yeah. fighting to like keep people from knowing about Transformers, which just again had a war in LA, a city famous for its cameras. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the era of when, when you were starting to get phones that had cameras on them too you know what i mean right yeah. but yeah 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 you're right yeah literally literally in in camera city usa just god you know what cocaine is so cool but yeah it, but this i mean this was and i think that the fact but it had the climax had to be in la because this is kind of the the apex of the era and one of the purest distillations of the era when the coolest thing a movie could do was do 9-11 again um, yeah just like film a 9-11 type event and like have it be exciting um and because again this is you know some sort of weird probably not entirely intentional distillation of like the ethos of the bush era when like you know we need to continually you know when a lot of what was happening in movies was this need to like continually reenact 9-11 but like so that we got to win you know because, exactly yeah which is so funny to think of us like, like the takeaway from 9-11 being that like, man, we lost, right? You know what I mean? We had one bad, you know what? I'm not even gonna, no, no, we don't have to go down that road. But like, I think the heart of the movie is the moment when, um, as they're having this war in downtown LA, um, um, uh, yeah. the moment when Shia LaBeouf is going to i don't even remember exactly what he's going to do he's going to like you know run up some building to get the cube himself or something and he just has this moment where he looks over at josh duhamel again the, the experienced operator who just gives him a little like you know gives him a little nod like you're in the club now um yeah 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 yeah, yeah you're yeah the the core of what this movie is is the adolescent fantasy specifically the like adolescent nerd fantasy of um you know one i'm the special guy that the aliens would be friends with. But also, I'm the special guy whose nerd powers will make me the best operator out there. And if and whenever placed in a combat situation, real operators will know I'm basically one of them. 
Exactly. 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 And that person is Shia LaBeouf. Who I'll, I'll say this. Like, I think he's his particular, you know, he's doing his the thing Shia LaBeouf was doing in this era, the sort of fast talking whatever thing that he, you know, that he that was his thing for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flustered Jewish team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which in in this context with this director and these lines, it comes off as pretty annoying. But I will say oh, this incredible. He believes in Bumblebee in a way that Mark Wahlberg does not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shia yeah. LaBeouf believes that Bumblebee is real. Mark Wahlberg doesn't know what the fuck Bumblebee is. No. The word, if you the word told Bumblebee me, coming out of Mark Wahlberg's mouth does not sound natural. Bumblebee. Yeah, fucking, fucking, fucking. No, okay. If you told me they took Shia LaBeouf to the Hasbro factory and showed him all the shit and he was like, wow, I would honestly believe that. Yeah. All right? I would honestly believe that. Absolutely. Yeah, he was doing his annoying bullshit at the time. But at the same time, also, Shia LaBeouf, for all of his many faults, right? Just almost too many faults. Yes. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he is an actor. You know what I mean? And he's not even like a bad actor, I'd say. Mark, I, again, I think he can be used well. I think he can be used poorly. And I think the same applies to Mark Wahlberg. But I think of course, Mark Wahlberg is... He's not a guy who should be acting against green screen. No. I think no. a lot of what it goes into acting now, especially in these kinds of movies, is just can you believably sell that the tennis ball that you're talking to, that they're using to just give you something to look at that will eventually become some sort of CGI what's it or creature or puppet or something. But you're for the moment, you're just talking to a tennis ball in front of a green screen in a soundstage in Burbank but you need to act like there's something real happening in front of you. So much of acting now is just, can you sell that? Do you look like you're talking to a tennis ball or do you look like you believe you're talking to Bumblebee? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And no, no, and I think you see that because I, I don't know, I saw this picture recently on Twitter. Like, did you know like all the scenes, uh, or, 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 or I'm sure not all the scenes, right? But like many of the scenes that were supposed to be shot on the water in, um, in Pirates of the Caribbean, were actually shot against green screen. Yeah. Yeah, like that's not real water. Like that's, that's green screen. Yeah, I didn't know that. Working with water is incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive. So just green screen. Okay, okay. All, well, wasn't I didn't almost, know almost everything now is green screen. Like half the, half the like, you know, in like a, half the time in a Marvel movie when people are having a conversation in a cafe, well, just green screen. You know, they'll shoot the cafe later with a second unit because it's cheaper. And then they'll just shoot the main people in front of a green screen, just put it in later, you know, because it's cheaper that way. Are you fucking kidding me? Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm really mad now. But, 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 but anyway, anyway, but then, but then you have two actors that are sell, that 
selling. I, I don't feel like because I, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? I didn't know that it was green screen. I had no idea until I saw that fucking picture. And and the reaction I saw from people that saw that picture was like, what the fuck? Right? Which overwhelmingly speaks to the fact that like, you know, Orlando Bloom, Johnny Depp, right? They they could sell, they or could, they did sell but that. I, I think that's different. It certainly, feel, I'm sure there's a level of awkward. No, no, no. No, but you're right. You're right. No, because you're talking about a set piece versus like another character. Right. There's a difference between acting in front of green screen with another actor where you're at least feeding off of each other. And then there's acting in front of green screen where you're acting against a tennis ball that will later be filled in with a CGI asset that will turn out to be, you know, Bumblebee. Optimus Prime. Yeah. Prime, yeah. Whatever. You know, but for the moment, you're just talking to a tennis ball. Um, that is a whole other skill set that Shia LaBeouf, to his credit, seems to have that like Mark Wahlberg doesn't really. No, 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 no. No, I think that does make a good transition into our next film. So let's roll the trailer for uh, Transformers: The Last Night from we said 2017, correct? 2017. 2017. All right, roll that trailer. I'm gonna go pee. Me too. It has been said through the ages. Without sacrifice, there can be no victory. Two species at war. One flesh. One metal. Prime has left us. One hundred billion trillion planets in the cosmos. You want to know, don't you? Why they keep coming here? colliding. The operation is over. We're not giving up, okay? Only one survives. Oh my god. Forgive me. Welcome back to the trailer. So, so this is uh, this is the last night, as we said, from 2017. That's night with a K, referring to uh, um, 
Optimus Prime, I guess, or no, Cade, Cade Yeager, Mark Wahlberg's character. And he's, his name is Cade Yeager. He's, his uh, name is Cade. Rob texted me the name Cade Yeager, and I was like, who the fuck is Cade Yeager? Because I hadn't seen it. And then he sent me a picture of Mark Wahlberg from Transformers, and I was like, that's not the same. You need to shut up. He's, uh, he's an inventor from Texas. Have you ever met someone named Cade? Have you ever met an inventor? <laughs> yo, yo, do you remember? Do you remember like back in the day they would have those commercials that were like, have an invention? Yeah. In- yeah. Inventors feel like quicksand in that like, like 90s cultural properties made me think that they were like way more common than. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 someone like like and we're talking about like someone who's like like not like not like 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 yeah like like fucking like when you're a kid did you ever try to invent something you're just like you're just like i'm gonna yeah, invent usually meant with like pouring a bunch of weird things in the kitchen into a <laughs> putting them in the fridge yeah happen, but yeah no my kids do that now it's so I funny vinegar milk and cinnamon and just let it sit yeah for like a week I remember, I remember I would go to my parents' bathroom and take all of my mom's very expensive like shampoos and soaps and just mix them all together. And then like when I became an adult and started like, you know, not just buying the cheapest shampoo that I could find, you know what I mean? Right? I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm just jokes on that's how we invented yeah. but yeah. God damn. But yeah, no, Kay Yeager. Who is an inventor from Texas? What's it called? Who 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 is also basically an operator and and looks like Mark Wahlberg with Mark Wahlberg's body? Which, like, real quick, just to touch on, you don't know about Mark Wahlberg's insane schedule, right? His insane. He's Do you the, know about that? I, I he's one of those guys like The Rock who gets up at like three a.m. and works out like five times a day, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like how Mark Wahlberg looks, like 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 like, and there's literally a scene in this movie where they just basically just give a little bit for the women. You know what I mean? For the women, well, and the gays, but, the, but a little bit for the women <laughs> and, and the gays. If we have to, if we have to concede one of them, I guess it was for the gays too. I didn't mean to roll my eyes like that. All right, I'm sorry. But no, no, but like, but like, doesn't it? It's so funny. They're like, yeah, he's like an inventor. He's inventing shit all the time and trying to hunt down the transformers. And he's just like, fucking, you can make avocado, avocado. You can make fucking guacamole on his goddamn stomach. This fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I do think we should, we should back. I up. just stop flashing this at you. I don't know why I keep doing that. The whole time we've been recording, you've periodically just been taking a thing on your keychain and just pointing it in the camera and flashing a light at me. I, I've chosen to ignore it, but it's very annoying, and I don't understand why you're doing it other than it's very annoying, which I guess is all the explanation we really need here. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You got it. Yep. And then I was like, I'm 30. What am I doing? It's a good question. But I do, I do think we should back up just for a second to like fill in the gaps between the movies. And now you're coughing on Jewel. Because, yeah, we're skipping from number one to number five. So basically, I, the, we don't need to go. We are not going to go through the plots of the intervening four. Um, they're all bad. Um, but um, so the, the sort of the Shia LaBeouf trilogy concludes with the third film which involves a giant war between 
the two robot factions that's centered in Chicago and the whole, you know, city gets destroyed and Transformers are not outed publicly as real and, you know, whatever. And then in the fourth movie, which begins the new Mark Wahlberg centered iteration of the franchise, you know, Transformers have been like outlawed by the government and, um, you know, um, a bunch of shit happens. I don't, I don't remember the plot of the fourth movie. It's the only one that I haven't seen all of. I watched half of and was just like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm turning this off. Um, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you actually try to watch all of them? Not, not for this. Like I had, I had seen, this was the only one I had seen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what, hold on. Was this when you were sick? No. Or no. No, like I, I did not rewatch this franchise for this podcast. I had, yeah. I had, like, I saw the first one when it came out, just because it was a, you know, big deal. Um, the second one, I just happened to like watch on cable at one point. I was like, this is really bad. Yep. Uh, the third one I saw it was a movie I reviewed when I was a critic at my school newspaper. And yep. then the fourth one, you know, around when it came out, I was like, I don't know. I've seen all of these. Like, these are important cultural artifacts. Like. I guess I should watch it. Watched half of it and was like, nope, I'm good. Don't need to finish this. Yep. 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 Did not go back, did not go back to any of these other than these two for this. Um, and I had never seen The Last Night before. This is my first time yeah. said goodbye to the franchise, but pick, you know, um, put my put my spurs back on for one last mission just for the podcast. And aren't you happy you did? <laughs> I mean, I've it's they're interesting they're bad but they are interesting there's a reason we've talked yeah. uh, almost three hours now about these um yep yep we're gonna wrap this up in 30 minutes watch us no we're not um no we're not no we're not but um remember when we tried to do these every week yeah that was insane but there was also no. nothing happening there was literally nothing. yeah 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 no we literally could do nothing yeah um but uh what was i saying now i got seven twitter group chats to get to, to, to keep abreast but um again for for a moment these these movies are kind of the biggest thing in the world um you know michael bay is on the top of the universe despite kind of seeming like he hates these movies like again not in like any any of his public statements or anything but just how much of these movies feel like him waving his hand and be like i don't know it's some nerd shit like that never yeah. it always feels like like a central part of the franchise um as much as him like constantly shoehorning in some like operator shit because that's what get his, gets his dick hard um, it really does too though doesn't it yeah um but over, like over the course of the the 10 years between those movies like as big as these movies are like the ground does start to shift under them a little bit like you know, the first Transformers movie comes out in 2007. Iron Man comes out in 2008. And then, but like, you know, it takes the, it takes a while for the MCU to become like the thing. Like, you know, prob- yeah. it's probably not like the dominating cultural force until like the Avengers, the first one. And like, I don't know, what was that? 2011, 2012, something like that. But like, oh yeah, from there, like that kind of really takes over as the dominant Hollywood model. And as we, as we've talked about, like that is a, um a very different type of model than the model that produced these movies because again as much as this this like this movie kind like these transformers movies kind of feel like they're internally at war between like a kind of auteur movie you know because michael bay is for everything else an auteur you know 
He's not one I like, like we've talked about. He's an artist with a personal style who's doing his thing. Um, but, you know, it's also an IP movie. And that's kind of the central tension of these movies is like the auteur at war with IP. He has no interest, with, no real inherent interest in. But like, you know, the, the Marvel movies are not auteur movies, as we've talked about. They are assembly line movies. They are made, you know, they are, again, movies where most, most often the action, like the CGI for the action scenes is done before the movies are shot. Like the directors mm-hmm. have no involvement in that. Um, yeah. have very limited control. Like this is, they are movies that exist entirely in service of IP both the original IP in terms of fan service, but also the sort of greater brand management property of making, you know, the movies into a constant advertisement for themselves and all of their auxiliary products and the interconnected web of shit. Um, They are much smoother movies than the Transformers movies, you know, Um, and that kind of becomes the thing. Factory assembled smooth movies where the IP is completely driving the bus and any kind of vestigial auteurism has been totally exercised. You know, the the Marvel movies do not feel like they are made by people who are, you know, obsessed with money and cocaine. You know, they're much more cold-blooded, ultimately. Um, you're allowed to talk. Um, but... Oh, I'm just listening. I'm just vibing, man. I'm vibing. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, Marvel movies... Uh, not a lot of auteur. Um, okay. uh, um, you don't just have to. Actually, like, <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking to my girlfriend, trying to. But I don't have a girlfriend. But I'm talking to. I'm talking to a girl, and just being like, "Yeah, I was listening to you. I was totally listening to you." Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah. Last night. But anyway. Um. So, the fourth movie, the um, the movie prior to this was. You know, said I said the first movie. The fourth. Oh, did you? Oh, you said the fourth. That is what you said. Okay. Well, no. I'm going to kill myself. Okay, go ahead. They had always said, I'm done after the fourth movie. That's the last one. I'm done. I'm, that's my last one. Um, but he gets... Um, and so a, this, a truck. A Brinks truck. Fucking... Full of loaded. money. Yeah. Loaded in front of his house. And he agrees to come back for a fifth. But... Um, by this time, the, you know, the sort of Marvel model has become so predominant that this movie is kind of made along that model, at least in terms of the writing process, because one of the sort of features of that assembly line Marvel filmmaking is um, they have imported the idea of a writer's room from TV. Each franchise is kind of a central brain trust of writers who are in charge of sort of developing a galactic plan for the franchise. Uh, we're gonna have this wait, movie. wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, like Iron Man has like a writer's room, Captain America has a writer's room, or like all of Marvel. Marvel has a writer's room. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You put in put in Josh Wheaton, he used to call him the other thing. Uh what's it called? Yeah, you put in um uh yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck. Yeah, all those guys. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Got it. You sort of brainstorm a kind of galactic yeah. plan. <clears throat> franchise and then you know a few people break off to write this movie and that movie um but it's all sort of centrally organized to make sure that everything fits into you know the sort of central model um and so this movie and the uh bumblebee spinoff 
that um, came out the next year were both conceived as a part of that that writer's room. And that in and of itself, like the Bumblebee movie feels very much like a Marvel type thing where you give a character a solo movie to sort of build their individual brand. So that then- when Is you- that him in like World War II? No, that's, so the, the Bumblebee movie is um, a, uh, which I hate that I've said that. That's a thing that I had to speak. But it's it it is a movie that le- it um it's set in the eighties, and it fe- it it is like for that movie. Bumblebee running cocaine for the CIA. No, it's they it honestly it feels like um, Spielberg's initial conception of the movie of this is a movie about a kid in their car, like it 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 like. It is a very consciously like we're going to make an Amblin movie. We're going to make a Spielberg type movie. You know, it's very, okay. it's very nostalgic. It's very kind of, um, you know, it feels like if like it feels very indebted to ET more than anything else. Like it's it's sweet. Um, it's a coming of age movie about a teenager. Have you seen this movie? I did. I watched that is the one movie that I that I did watch for this. I was like, I need to see the Bumblebee movie because it is such a break of the franchise. It is. You have you have the most beautiful mind you have the most it's so funny how much work you put into this podcast versus me who literally can't even be bothered to sit up right now yeah yeah but it it is it it feels so tonally different it's like yeah it's it's set in like you know what if we directed by michael bay no 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 it's directed by oh it's directed by a woman which feels notable on its yeah because it does, I don't remember her name. Let me look it up. She, I think she's someone who's done some other stuff. Um, I mean, of course. What's her at? Shut up. No, it's not a woman. Never mind. Travis Knight. I'm. I lied. But um. Oh, oh! Can I just tell you something funny, real quick, that I think you might appreciate? You know, uh, so I was going through like um, my following list on uh, lately like, to see who I was following on Twitter. You know what I mean, right? Just like mm-hmm. recently. And, and there's this, and there's this like one like woman that I was following. And I was like, who the fuck is this woman? And then I realized, you know who it is? I just started following. I started following, I, I was just following the, um, the, uh, the, the, the brunette from, um, from Mulholland Drive. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, well, well, because I, because I checked her Wikipedia and I saw that she was single and I was like, listen, <laughs> listen, maybe she has open DMs. You know what I mean? All right, but but no, Bumblebee is interesting because it does. But it, it's not directed by a woman, but it does star. You know, it's about a it's about a, like a teenage girl and her relationship with. Oh, it's, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, again, it feels it's a very it's very much a left turn. Like it's 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 definitely a cheaper movie. Like it feels you know more limited and um, you know there's there's less emphasis on you know city destroying fights and more on like you know teenage drama that happens to involve a shape-shifting robot in places um again it, it like what if what if et about a teenage girl and et was replaced by a robot um honestly can i be honest with you it sounds way better than et it's 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 fine um like yeah, et sucked Shut up. E.T. does not suck. I don't why do you say that? Never mind. I don't I do well, I'm gonna rewatch it, but I don't remember liking it. I think it sucked. When was the last time you watched it? I think I was about six years old. 
E.T. is very good. Um, there's a okay. reason it's the highest grossing movie ever made. Um, but um, well, all right, potato, potato, continue. Yeah, but it it, it is like it very consciously feels like a left turn for the franchise. It feels more marvely, you know, it feels a little smoother. It feels a little more self-consciously woke. Um, you know, um, it's not as motivated by red meat and money and cocaine, just the money part, you know? Um, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but, uh, well, that comes out as of the same writer's room as this movie does. And also it kind of ends up spelling a, you know, the death knell for the Michael Bay iteration of the franchise because it overperform. it makes less money than the last night, but has a much smaller budget. So it overperforms and the last night underperforms, you know? Um, yeah. Although the definition of what underperform means has shifted a lot since the initial movie. Like, yeah, exactly. It's one of movie launched, launched the whole franchise making 700 million worldwide. Like the last night killed the whole franchise by only making six hundred million. God fucking damn it! Sorry, yeah. I just saw a mouse. Yeah, well, sorry. Uh, is what it is. But yeah, I mean that just goes to show like how much the economics of Hollywood have shifted. That like you know only six hundred million is now enough to kill a franchise. Um, yeah. Um. And but um. Anyway, that's all just kind of contextualizing this movie and that you know it's it now kind of feels like a dinosaur by the time it comes out like this is like the sort of red meat um very american auteur driven blockbuster is kind of a thing of the past like the ip has won over the director and like this, this is sort of the last stand um and you know this is you know after this michael bay his next movie was a fucking Netflix movie. You know, it kind of feels like the end of an era in a way. Um, and we're yeah. a very different, not in some ways, probably better, you know, just in the sense that Bumblebee is probably better than most of the, probably all of the Michael Bay Transformers movies, but also uh, an, a certain, it's, it's a denuded environment at the same time like the real reaction i had to bumblebee was just being kind of depressed that like if you want to make a nostalgic coming of age movie now it has to feature optimus prime like that that's just the yeah. only movie made like that's depressing in its own way even if the movie is funny oh yeah oh yeah absolutely but anyway we're here to talk about a movie in which transformers are involved in the underground yeah <laughs> yeah 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 among among other insane things yes yeah. so we, we were talking in the last one about how um the lore of these movies is so deep but also like changes from movie to movie yeah uh, yeah yeah like 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 to a point where it's like i mean it's almost like each movie has its own lore you know what i mean yeah, but also feels like you've missed several movies worth of lore, like just because it's yeah, 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 yeah. Like when I first started watching um, this one, like I was like, I was like, fuck, wait, do I? No, I'm not watching the one before this. Absolutely not. You know it what I mean? Even help watching the one before this won't even help because <laughs> lore keeps changing. Like in the first movie, yeah. Transformers came to Earth in 1935. That was first contact. 
And I don't remember what happens in the second one. It's all gone. But I know in the third one, they're like, um, Transformers were on the moon. And that's why we went to the moon in the first place, because there were Transformers there. And Transformers were probably involved in the Kennedy assassination, assassination too. And then by the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. in this world the kennedy assassination is that is that is that is that uh, like a, a fucking transformer hiding on the grassy knoll and then just exploding a city block and then yeah. just being like yeah yeah no no lee harvey oswald with a manly kirkconnell rifle I mean, that's about as believable as, you know, them having a war in downtown L.A. and no one noticing. That's very true. That's very true. That's a very good point. Yeah. And by the fourth one, it's, okay, I know that we told you that they were, oh, not, you know, we're just not even going to acknowledge that we told you that they first showed up in 1935 because dinosaurs were actually Transformers. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Sweet. Yes. yes. <laughs> awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. Just okay. The the like the guiding principle of all like story decisions in these movies is not does it make sense? It's just does a seven year old think it would be cool? Yeah, yeah. And no, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The beginning of this movie where they have King Arthur fighting a multiracial. Um, <laughs> I don't know exactly who they're supposed to be. I don't know if they're the. Because King Arthur is the Britain, so I guess that's the Anglo-Saxons. I think Matt, you're putting way more thought. In that's it. true. That's a very good point. Oh, Rob, incredible point. Sorry, I don't know. I lost myself. Because it's that the uh, original Knights of the Round Table were all actually Transformers. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. They weren't Transformers. They had uh, a Merlin who they make a drunk for some reason. Uh, commanded a transformer dragon. That was it. Come on, keep up. Okay, no, 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 no. It's 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 more, it's more confusing than that. So there were some knights of the round table, but there were also some robots, and they were all at the round table together. And some of them were knights, and some of them were robots, and they all sat at the round table. And also, that some, also some of them were dragons. But, but yeah. okay, okay, okay. Maybe I didn't pay perfect attention to this movie. That's fair. Okay. I said, maybe I didn't pay perfect attention to this movie. That's fair. And you know what? I don't know that I just got it right either. Um, Who Who cares? Who the fuck cares? Yeah, but... We wanted some swords in this Transformers. The the important thing is that the Transformers helped King Arthur defeat whoever he's fighting at the beginning here. It's not really important. I really wasn't comfortable with how multi-ethnic their enemies were. Although they did have one Black Knight, which, cool. But... But but I'm just saying, I'm just saying it was some vibes. But a very cool scene. Shit just blowing up. Them just shooting trebuchets. Dude, yeah. I mean, it worked. The beginning worked for me. Here's, here's, I, here's what I'll say about this movie. I think the, the places where it's bad, which is a lot of it, it's, it's one of the worst ones. Just it's so boring. Like, at least, I think Revenge of the Fallen is still the worst just because, like, that level of like Jim Crow era racism, like <laughs> yeah, unforgivable, like, unforgivable in like 2010. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, the bad, the bad parts of this, which is a lot, are just so boring. Like the life has gone out of it. Like it's 
but there are moments where like they they make decisions like why not have merlin be played by stanley tucci and have him play him as a drunk i'm just like okay that's interesting yeah yeah yeah. okay why not yeah 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 having anthony hopkins in it anthony hopkins is the light in this movie i thought you know what i mean so the sort of part of the core of this movie and there are a few different things going on but the the one that i enjoy the interesting part of this movie and unfortunately there is a lot of dumb operator shit in this movie which is really just it's really like it wasn't interesting in the first one and like it's only gotten more boring since but like the 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 fun part of this movie that i think is honestly what i would like these movies to be like it's not good exactly but there's something fun about its level of just fuck it abandon um which is again the uh, the at least some of the original knights of the round table were robots who then established a dynasty lineage of human caretakers who you know sort of i don't even really remember the humans and robots hanging out doing cool shit across history you know they um as we said they were involved in the underground railroad um the transformers were they helped us fight the nazis um but you know always sort of in partnership with uh the line of witwickians um who uh were uh, that's you know shia labeouf's character from the first movie was sam witwicky and um his grandfather the guy who discovered megatron who apparently was mm-hmm. the first person to interact with the transformer that was a lie please don't remember that um but he was a mm-hmm. and then uh sir anthony hopkins who lives in a castle in england and has uh robo dementia um or wait does he have robo dementia no 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 one of his one of the Transformers is Robo Dementia. I just really like the phrase Robo Dementia. Um, Robo Dementia, great, great phrase. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, also very, fu- very funny. They're called the Witwickians. They're called the Witwickians, right? And yet, and yet, none of all, none of them except for Shia LaBeouf's family are literally called the Wit. For, for, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not Witwickians. I'm sorry. Witwickians, right? Yeah. And, and then just. Oh yeah, no, no. There just happens to be this one family in America that are called that are called Witwickens. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, very funny. But that 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 spine of the movie, the you know this, there's this grand historical tradition, humans and transformers aiding each other as knights and squires. Like that is stupid and out there in a way that. I enjoy. Like again, there's a lot of fun just hearing Anthony Hopkins say the word Cybertron. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. because you know he's Anthony Hopkins and he'll give it fucking gravitas, but it's also just funny to hear him say it. Um, mm-hmm. This is you know very much from the no acting required era of Anthony Hopkins' career, which I think we've we've told that story on the podcast before, but that you know when when he was. Um, given the script for Thor, he uh, he just um, he he gave a he told a story rather about how he when he was given the story the script for Thor that you know he will always um, highlight sections in that kind of movie you know a paycheck movie and just circle them and say no acting required NAR no acting required and that um, you know I can all they're paying me to do is show up and spout some exposition 
but you know, give it my particular brand of gravitas. So I don't really have to do anything except you know, talk like Anthony Hopkins and you know, class. Yeah. But that he he circled all of his lines in Thor and like put NAR in it. and that was like a selling point for him. Like, great, they're gonna pay me a million dollars and I have to do nothing. I just have to talk about the fucking frost giants or whatever. Like, he's so fucking cool. Like that anecdote explains like 10 years of Anthony Hopkins career because for like 10 years, all he was doing was like showing up in Thor or this and just like doing some no acting required shit. And then like apparently got bored with that and was like, I don't know, I guess I'll win another Oscar and then did that. Like never, he had never lost a step. He just you know didn't care enough to do anything other than make billions of dollars. Which is pretty cool. Nice work if you can get it. Way to go, Anthony. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, isn't that because like that he seems like one of the most like normal actors, like one of the most normal actors that, because that's like really I feel like that's what like you or I would do if we were actors, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we put in our we put in our, you know, we take our lumps, we put in our time, right? You know, we we really act the shit out of some shit. And then when we're like what is he charitably like 80 you know what i mean just be like just be like fuck it i'm gonna buy my kids a fucking mansion why not you know what i mean yeah i my grand my grandson a transformer <laughs> exactly exactly that's a, right that's that's so cool just just be did, did you see all those videos he started making over quarantine too yeah of him just like going insane in his house just like fucking yeah. the camera yeah just having the best time. Just seems like a truly beautiful man. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, yeah. Big, big up. Shout out to Anthony Hopkins. Besides Sean, you're also our homie of the month. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but also, that is such a funny, that is such a funny distinction. The, 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 the no, the no acting required. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, because it is, like, like, to be at that level of actor, where you're like, because, like, let's be honest fucking what's his name um um mark Wahlberg is acting in this movie you know what i mean mark Wahlberg is doing what mark Wahlberg does you know what i mean uh well no i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back to our earlier conversation i think mark Wahlberg is pretty lost in these movies yeah he might be trying but i don't think i don't think he's really bringing a lot again like shia labeouf believes in bumblebee mark Wahlberg doesn't just I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing here. You know, um, he's here for this. This feels like a paycheck role in the worst way. Like Anthony yeah. Hopkins roles always kind of feel like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to fuck around. I'm going to have some fun, you know, but like I, I've got gravitas falling out of my ass. So, you know, we're, yeah. I can literally show up, own it in, and it's going to have some motherfucking gravitas. You yeah. know what I mean? Mark Wahlberg feels at sea, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't remember who it was, but someone describes his, like, in uh, in The Happening, he plays, like, a science teacher, and someone said that, like, the problem with that performance is that he feels like, Mark Wahlberg feels like, like he wants to bully his character. <laughs> I've seen The Happening, and that is absolutely, him talking about fucking plants and shit. Yeah. Isn't that, you, come I, on. I feel like you get a little bit of that here. Like I, I still yeah. think like it's not it's not to that level because there's enough of the like the cool military macho shit that like you know he's he can he can hang on to that a little bit but like oh, again, yeah. 
doesn't seem like someone who can naturally act against a tennis ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or just, or just, yeah, I'm an inventor. Yeah, what the fuck are you inventing, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, that, yeah. this whole storyline is just, I don't even, I don't know, like that whole, like, the whole half of the movie that's like set in Uh-oh. like, what happened there? You lose your jewel. I was, I, I, I was, no, I was playing with the nail and it fell <laughs> again underneath. Okay. Put the nail down. Anyway, go. yeah, no, go ahead. This, the, the whole section of the movie that's about him like being like, I don't know, like Transformers are being like hunted down by the government and he's like, yeah, there's like a Transformer Gestapo who Josh Josh Duhamel is like a member of, despite having like he's like, yeah. the operator from the first four movies who's like fought alongside Transformers. Like he's like, well, you know, we're hunting them down like dogs now, but you know, I'm still in the yeah. office. Follow orders, whatever. <laughs> I'm just following orders. Listen, listen. listen the, the the myth of the clean operator. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's so funny. They literally have like a ghetto for the transformers, where they just go in there and hunt them down like dogs, like you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That children wander into. And and Mark Wahlberg has like um, a uh, um, he looks like living out of like a junkyard that is and like hiding families there like they're Anne Frank in an attic um yeah yeah exactly yeah incredible yeah it's it's weird um <laughs> yeah no 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 yeah, yeah which is that like I guess like like but that's another thing that's just like oh yeah no yeah yep no this is just how it is now you know what I mean no, I, and that's why I wanted to. I was like, did something happen in the last movie where they just were like, "Nope, genocide of Transformers. We're killing them all." Okay, they've like they they do make it pretty clear that like the presence of Transformers on Earth has like unequivocally made everyone's lives worse. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's facts. They, like they introduce Mark Wahlberg when like you know they're like they're in like they're wandering around the like the you know the ghetto for Transformers is like. It's that those are the ruins of downtown Chicago where they had like a giant war in like the third. Yeah. And you know, just evil Decepticons keep showing up and blowing shit up. Even like the good guys are, you know, their plan is to like level Los Angeles to like protect a cube or some shit. Like, you know, they've they've turned Earth into over the course of 10 years into like a post-apocalyptic militarized hellscape ravaged by like city destroying robots like yeah you know um not to defend fascism but like you know you kind of understand where they're like maybe you should you guys should leave you guys are not making our lives easier go back to your planet you know yeah exactly exactly but um and then yeah yeah no yeah yeah no wait no yeah 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 wait oh they're just gigantic robots with like rocket launchers for arms that are fighting each other and sometimes us and then and then just mark Wahlberg just be like no they're friendly like motherfucker like the good ones are more armed than like i don't know a than, than a than a rural police department out of nowhere for some reason you know what i mean right like they're like fucking like 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 I, I, no, that was a good joke. Fuck you. Fuck you, Rob. Fuck you. Podcast is over. I'm quitting. You're done. You can do this with Keegan. Never. I also, no. I also do like how, 
Um, just skipping over it. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 We're just we're gonna. I'm gonna leave that one hanging there. You know. Congrats. We're so tired. How tired are you? I'm a little tired. We've been doing this, you know, for a long time now. But um. Yeah. But remember when we tried to time it one time? No. Yeah, I think one time we tried to time it. We're like, okay, we're gonna do hour fifteen, hour fifteen. That's it. I mean, we. That was the initial plan, but like we had like we gave that up pretty quick. Um, yeah, when we were first starting. But anyway, um, I, was, I also think that like despite being like a like a Gestapo, like entirely dedicated to like either capturing or destroying transformers, like the U.S. military like still doesn't have any better plan to deal with them than just shooting them with bullets. Like, yeah, no. When I was watching this, my dad was just like, "Why do they have guns?" Right, they've been. Right? There- you've like they've been there for 10 years like even just in the like our military is actively engaged in fighting transformers it's been going on for 10 years you can't reverse engineer some shit that's more effective than an m16 well hold on hold on don't you well no that's he asked me that and then i said no they go for the eyes do they yeah no 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 there's this one scene where 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 they go into the uh, big alien spaceship where the staff is which what a sentence but anyway right (laughs) They go to the big alien spaceship with the stuff is part of this movie. <laughs> Which is so funny because they're there for like at least 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but so, but so, but so they go and, and, and they're, you know, they're the big like transformer knights, right? And, and, um, and the, the, the main, like, like the, the Himmler of the, uh, or, or, or I guess the Klaus Barbie or whatever the fuck of the, of the, you know, the one that really seems to hate Transformers, right? Like, I, he just yells, go for the eyes. And they all just start shooting at their eyes. And then immediately, what do you think happens? The Transformer just fucking turns them and owns the shit out of them. Yeah. It, yeah, it does not work. No. No, no, no. Nothing, yeah. This is, this is, nothing about this has been thought through. So then, no. there's that going on. And the other sort of plot thread is that uh, Optimus Prime goes and meets God, um, which uh, I, apparently at the end of the previous movie, um, I don't remember why, but it ends, who, I, who fucking cares? I don't think they cared when they were making it, but the, the fourth movie ends with Optimus Prime being like, I'm going to go meet God um, and sort of settle some scores with God. Um, so this movie, you know, he goes, he meets God, and like it's of all of the potential ways to handle meeting God, like it's just it feels so again, it's it feels so much like Michael Bay waving his hand, being like, yeah, whatever, whatever, just some nerd shit'll happen because like it's it's the most underwhelming meeting of your deity you could you could imagine. It's like he shows up and there's the Transformer God, and Transformer God is like I'm God and Optimus Prime like gives them the thumb emoji and then the Transformer God is like you're going to be evil now and we're going to destroy Earth and yeah. like my brain is being controlled now and I'm going to be evil for uh, 80% of this movie. Do you remember what his, what his new name is? Oh it's, it's Pessimist Prime or some shit like that. <laughs> Worse it's Nemesis Prime. He goes, he, she, tur- she turns him evil, and then he goes, I am Nemesis Prime. Yes. And that, I, I had a good laugh. That's yes. I had a good laugh. Just in case you missed it, that's who he is now. 
<laughs> he's, he's, in case you were wondering, is he evil? Yes. Yes, he is now Nemesis Prime, in case you were wondering. Um, and the, the, like, there's, there's a whole... Pessimus Prime, that's pretty good, actually. I just got that. Pretty good. <laughs> it was deep. It took me a while. But... It did. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Pessimus, where did he bring it up? Oh, Optimus. Okay, there we go. I'm, I'm here. I'm cooking. And I don't know, there's a whole reason God wants him to destroy Earth. Like they say, Yeah, it's because Cybertron is dying, and I hate that I know this. It's because Cybertron is dying, and so they need to... Earth is Unicron. <laughs> yes, which is... They, they deliver, evil planet. They deliver that information with a lot of energy. Meeting God gets no juice, but the fact that Earth is Unicron... That's that's apparently a big deal. I don't know what that means. I guess if you watch the clip, maybe that counts for something, but I don't know what the fuck that means. But anyway, yeah. they, they talk a lot about how the two planets are like enemies. I don't know what that means either. Like, have the planets met? It doesn't seem like the races that live on those planets are enemies. It's that when they talk, it sounds like it means the celestial bodies themselves have a rivalry. And I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the two planets themselves hate each other not like transformers and humans but like earth and the cybertron specifically are pissed at each other and only one can survive and okay cool that's that's what we're dealing with um let's go yeah um some other stuff happened God. stonehenge stonehenge is the key that's what the mystery of stonehenge is it's transformers um but, uh, I mean, this movie, here, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about this movie. I actually like this movie. Okay. I Listen, I will be the first to admit, right, when, um, first off, that little um, Latina girl actor, terrible, awful. She was so bad in this. She's terrible. I don't care that she's 14. You know what I mean? You're getting a paycheck, all right? Why don't you show up to work, motherfucker, okay? But, yeah, no. All the kids in this movie hated it. Absolutely hated it. Kids in this movie, it's always bad when they add a short round, even short round. I'm sorry. Every fucking dime, every fucking dime, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You know what I mean? Look, you're gonna make a movie with kids in it. You make the goons, right? You know what I mean? You make a movie that's just it's just kids in the movie doing kid shit, and you can excuse it because it's the Goonies. It's always but no. But when they add a child into a later iteration of a franchise like this, it's always with the idea that. You know, the kids need someone to project themselves onto, which is a complete misinterpretation of how kids approach movies. They don't they yeah. want movies to escape themselves. They're projecting themselves onto Katie Yeager. They want to be Luke Skywalker. Yes. They want to be Luke Skywalker's friend. No, no, yeah, absolutely not. I want to be the special boy. I don't want to be this. Well, also, also, I remember when I, when I, I, I took me right out of it because I was like, I'm not Chinese, but also because <laughs> i'm not i'm not i am jewish though which we're kind of the same people but not going into race science anyway continuing what's it going no but listen but like but no 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 no. you're absolutely right like like that falls completely flat um the the lady that they got playing the british person even though she the british person the lady that they got uh, doing that shit which hold on, i'm just gonna say right now it Arthur expert yeah, the King Arthur expert who's descended from Merlin, LOL. But anyway, but no, but like, but like, um, but, but I, I don't know. There are like little bits of these movies that it's always funny. Like, 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 like in the dramatic climax when they are going to go do Transformers D-Day, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're still just like, no, you're like a hot lady, so like you can't put your hair up. You know what I mean? Women put their hair up in a bun to do the fucking dishes. You know what I mean? This lady's literally about to go into D Day, and it's just like, and it's just like perfectly straight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. But you're right. You're right. No, but like, but like, I think we're in this movie because like, like, I'm trying to put my finger on why I actually enjoyed this movie way more than I enjoyed the first Transformers. I think the first Transformers is such a weird mishmash. And you're right. It is like, it is like almost like, like schizophrenic and like the experience of watching it. Cause you're kind of like, what the, what, the, what, 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 there's a cube in the Hoover. What? What is going on? That plan makes no sense. What are you talking about? And yeah, this the plans in this movie are also stupid. Sure. But like, what's it called? But like, I don't know. Like, like I thought the action was actually pretty well done in this movie, at least compared to the other Transformer movies I've seen. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I think has, that, it, you know. What? It has its moments. I think a lot of it is still kind of the, you know, um, oh no, oh no! On the whole, on the whole, it's not a good movie. That I'll admit. It just specifically talking about the action, like I think that there are moments that are better than a lot of what you get in the rest of these. Like the the actual aerial inscription at the end, where they're kind of you know, um, yeah, flying through like this kind of um, you know, it kind of feels a little avatar-y, You know, all these sort of yeah. I was gonna say yeah, like kind of like Pandora, yeah. That was good. I like that. When they actually get onto one of the structures and it just turns into like sort of incoherent military shit, then I get bored again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually the very, very end where they're like kind of like like falling through shit and it's all like fucking like that was that I was like, okay, what the what is happening? Like then I had like 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 we we're talking about like the spatial, like I was like, what is going on? Like yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But um but like but like but like yeah no no but like the d-day basically the aerial insertion that was very cool um uh, uh when they just kind of let anthony hopkins walk around and be charming you know what i mean yeah. just be you know what i mean right just like like when he goes into the library and everyone shushes him he goes shush 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 shush, shush yourself right you just be right when he fucking when he like <laughs> rips out the page and everything he just be when he sneaks into 10 downing he's just being like anthony hopkins I loved that. He, unsurprising for a movie with Anthony Hopkins in it, Anthony Hopkins is the best part. Um, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best part, and he's, and he's clear, and he's not, yeah, and he's not really acting. He's just kind of being Anthony Hopkins in a movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Farting around is going to be the most entertaining thing in 90% of all movies. And this is certainly a ni- not a 91st percentile movie. Um, yeah. I still don't totally understand why at the end he just kind of, as a like 87-year-old man, just kind of wanders onto this battlefield between various robots just to kind of stand there and get shot. And then I don't, also don't understand why he seems kind of pleased with himself when he does get killed by a robot. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Just, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. His cane being a machine gun was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that all of the, like, all of, all of the Anthony Hopkins and related like King Arthur Merlin shit is weird enough to work and again just kind of well cast enough to work like you know Anthony Hopkins is fun and uh, Stanley Tucci is fun 
but like everything else is like particularly boring as far as these movies goes it really feels like they're out of juice mm-hmm. yeah. no absolutely no sorry i had to snooze something um no absolutely absolutely like this is like if they made another transformers movie like this after that it'd be like what the which is so funny because they literally hint at it you know what i mean they literally all of these movies end with pretty i I think certainly the first and fifth both end this way and I, i think most of the rest do with optimus prime putting out like a call into the universe being like autobots come to earth this is where we will make our stand like every time like by the fifth one, it's like I don't know, kind of, kind of feels like a, a beta move there. Um, no, no, no. Wait, hold on. Did you watch the credits? No. Okay. I did. No, I did not wait for the post-credit scene. Like, it's so it's not a. I don't know that there was a post-credit scene, but there's a scene while the credits are rolling, and it's this woman walking in the desert, right? And she happens upon these people, right? Right, and they're just, and she's like, I, I, who could tell you what they say to each other? But the only thing I remember is. She just goes like, I can tell you how to kill him. Who she's talking about, no idea. Oh, yeah. But then her face, yeah, it, it, it's the evil goddess. She's on Earth now. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like the wink to like, uh, to the end, question mark. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all I was talking about. Yeah, but sorry, continue. You were cooking. No, I was, ju- I was calling uh, Optimus Prime, um, a beta yeah i was calling him friend zoned by the rest of the autobots because he kept you know, if you if you invite someone over once and they decline like that's you know that's whatever if you, if you have invited them over five times and you keep inviting them over even though they've never come like kind of cocked bro are you kidding me if a girl won't give me her number i stop talking to her yeah come on you know what i mean yeah you've I'm chad yeah you've you've never pursued something too far no, ever. Not even once. Yeah. Never, never been. No, I'm, I'm, well, that's the thing about me, Rob, is that I'm just regular. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie specifically. Other than again, it's just, it's kind of the last gasp of this kind of movie. Like, you know, it's after this, you know, Bumblebee kind of reinvents the franchise formula for this particular franchise and reorients it towards something that feels more marvelly and that's kind of you know the direction that all things have been headed in and you know it's again i think it's a better movie but it also feels you know kind of cynical in its own way and like you know not that i ever loved michael bay but it does feel a little depressing that that kind of filmmaker is now relegated to like shitty netflix movies that star ryan reynolds and no one you know you know what though it's 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 a fitting end though i'll say or not not end i don't want to imply that his career is over who knows but like but it is it is kind of almost poetic that like this guy that is so indicative of studio hollywood 2.0 like now basically just being um just put into the dustbin of history right it's so feels, unceremoniously yeah it feels like the end of casino um yes exactly yes that's exactly what it feels like the guy who made vegas is now out of place there because they've they've turned it into fucking disneyland yeah he's you know he's been surpassed like they they've this this guy who was you know the king of 
coked up excess has, you know, has helped birth a world with no room for that. You know, that I don't like Michael Bay's personality, but it's personality. And there's not a whole lot. Yeah. Of- nope. 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 Yeah. No more personality. Not allowed. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's one personality. You know, there's the kind of smiling, denuded Marvel personality, which again, you can do a lot worse, but yeah. a little more, I prefer a little variety. Honestly, the, some of the dialogue in this is a little marvelly. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's everywhere, and that's I mean, obviously all of this is a little hyperbolic. Like there is other stuff in the world, even other franchises. Like you know, yeah, of course, of course, we're being a little hyperbolic to make a point. I mean, because listen, this is an entertainment product, and we're trying to entertain you, motherfuckers. But at the same time, also like, yeah, like 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 like, like I don't think that you can deny that. Like, and 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 anyone that would deny this, I would call them an asshole. Um, uh, not even an idiot. I would immediately attack their character and imply that they're mean. Uh, but, 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 but no, but like absolutely positively, like, 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 cause people in real fucking life sometimes talk like fucking Marvel characters. It, it is the dumbest shit in the fucking world. Just talk normal. All right. Does everyone is easy to talk normal. I'm, I'm wild up. I have aroused from my slumber. What's it called? Kane Yeager doesn't talk like fucking Josh. Josh, Josh, motherfucker. He shouldn't be talking like Josh fucking Wheaton. Kane Yeager should have also. Why does an inventor from Texas have a Boston accent? We talk about that. What the fuck is going on? And why is he so ripped? I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm wilding out. I'm ready to go. What the last thing I'll say? I do like that they make it a plot point in this movie that uh, he never fucks. That's that's important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about that. There's literally, folks. There is a scene in this movie where they call him an incel. Basically, it's so cool. Where they're just like, "Yeah, you get no pussy. That's why you're a knight." They're calling him a knight. One of the coolest things you could be is to be, and not like a knight, like in the way that like. God love him, but Sir Anthony Hopkins is a knight. No, like an actual fucking knight of the round table type of knight. And and they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you want to be a knight? Yeah, pretty cool. Guess what? You get no pussy, bro. No, no pussy. You have, no, it's you have embodied the values of a knight, which include chastity. So congrats, congrats on your zero pussy game. I think it's it's well past time to close the book on Transformers. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about what we've been watching or no? Let's uh, do a quick version. Um, uh, okay, okay, how about this? How about this? Last mo- okay, we'll just do the last movie we both saw because I already know right that wasn't one of these because I already know mine is going to make us talk. 
Okay. Um, because I am running out of steam. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Um, so the last movie I saw was Macbeth, uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, the Joel Cohen movie. Um, oh, how was that? I enjoyed it. So I, I think that. Um, so what? I think it, it actually ties in interestingly to a little bit of what we were talking about because you know it's specifically the like the prevalence of green screen and how like i don't i don't know about you but like every time i watch a movie now there's a part of me that's kind of constantly like at least semi-consciously like alert for like how much of this is real like um you know is the backdrop i'm looking at did they film that is that green screen like are they on a street right now are they in a cafe right now are they in front of a or are they just in front of a green screen and something filled in behind it? And there's there's this constant sense of like a little bit of unease and unreality to most of the movies I, I feel like I watch now. Like I, which again is a product, at least in some. That's kind of a you thing. To to a, yeah, I mean that to, to that, an extent. To an extent, yeah. To that level, yes, that's absolutely you know my brain being broken. But I think there is you know. I think that's also, and subconsciously for most people, but I think that level of unreality, that's, there's a level of that with, with everything now, you know? Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, that was unfair what I said, because, yes, well, absolutely, you just know so much about, like, because, like, for instance, like, you know, like me, like, being shocked about, like, well, that wasn't real water, you know what I mean, right? But, like, at the same time, though, also, like, 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 yeah, like, I mean, like, we, because, like, we, we, we talk about Marvel movies all the time because we have to, because we have a film podcast in 2022. Okay? But, uh, let's go. But, like, but, like, 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 just to the point that, like, when you actually see, like, real shit, it stands out. You know what I mean? Yes. And that, that's really what I mean. I mean, it being conscious, I think, is exclusive to people like me with broken brains. But I think subconsciously, like, there, like, there's a sheen over everything that I think you yeah. kind of subconsciously pick up on. And yeah, absolutely. What's interesting about Macbeth is how it uses that purposefully, um, because the way that it, the way that it's shot and the way that its um, production is designed is, you know, it's it's very intentionally set up so that everything feels a little unreal. You know, it has this kind of um noir to the extreme like german expressionist like um visual style that um you know uses that kind of um yeah. you know the, the way that like nothing quite feels real in digital cinema like to its advantage like the world doesn't quite feel um solid you know um it's a movie like it's like even beyond just the way that it looks like it's, it's drenched in fog and deep shadows. Um, but even like, it is a movie where like almost every shot you can tell has been digitally altered somehow, like oh. some background, not, but not in like a, um, you know, Transformers where there's, there's a big robot behind it, but you can kind of tell like, um, there's like intentionality behind it. Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you can tell part of this is like part of this doesn't quite look real. Like part of this looks like a set, but part of this looks digitally extended somehow. And but it, I think it uses that because it has this sense of because you know Macbeth is a very spooky play. You know, it's 
a play about murder, but also but supernaturally motivated murder. You know, there's prophecies and witches and you know, and they use they use that kind of digital unreality to make this like permeable. Like it's not quite solid. Like evil and magic could slip in in the corners. You know. Um, Yeah. Well, because magic's real. (laughs) Nothing is quite as it seems. Um, So that. Really interesting. Most of it is very well acted. Like Denzel and Francis, who play the two, two leads, are both obviously fantastic actors, but I don't know if they've ever done Shakespeare before. And they, there are moments where they don't totally feel like they have a, um, a grasp on the characters. Um, their time feels a little just kind of, you know, feels a little at sea. Um, so, so it's not a perfect movie, but. Um, definitely an interesting one I, I very much enjoyed it it looks great like i really think that the way that they um the design of it and the look of it and just the way that it's shot is really really fascinating and effective um and I, i'm gonna sorry I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat a little bit i'm gonna briefly mention two others just because i think they're, they're relevant to Go for it. um west side story the spielberg movie um which uh oh yeah which just just to mention, I think it is interesting that like you know, Spielberg, as much as he sort of was at least indirectly responsible for helping to kill an old style of Hollywood movie making and you know kind of dumb down the culture. I get I don't think intentionally, I don't think exclusively, but you know there's the culture that exists after Jaws is much more juvenile than the culture that predated it. And it's interesting that as like he's gotten older, so much of Spielberg's movies feel like they're intentionally like like nostalgic for that older adult style of cinema that like he kind of helped kill. Like, you know, he's he's making like he's the only one of the only people left making adult dramas. Like, I don't know that anyone other than him could get like Bridge of Spies made. And it's it's just like, like, what do I want to spend 50 years worth of cultural capital on? I want to make a musical like a very traditional musical um and he's really good at it like it's not my yeah. type, it's not my type of movie it's not perfect but like there are a couple of musical sequences in, in there that are just incredible how he stages them um mm-hmm. i'm just happy someone besides lin-manuel uh on the epstein flight logs uh made uh a musical i'm gonna start telling people that that lin-manuel miranda was on the epstein flight log i feel like if i start just saying that people will believe it this feels like it was a little before his time, but oh, that's actually a good point. That's actually a really good point. Oh, damn. And then last yeah. one, um, uh, the new Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrections, which is a in, not a perfect movie, um, but very interesting, just in the way it is explicitly about like um, the way that IP gets dragged into the dust, um, or just mm-hmm. like that Hollywood has to keep beating dead horses. Like it is a movie in which characters talk about how Warner Brothers wants to remake the Matrix um, and that they are, yeah. being, they are being forced to make another Matrix movie. Like that is dialogue in the movie. Um, so, sorry, sorry. I was just laughing real quick. I was about to say something about, about the Coen brothers. Uh, and I was like, wait, no, 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 no. This isn't Coen. No, Matrix isn't Coen brothers. It's Wachowski sisters. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just, sorry, then I just started laughing because I was imagining the Coen brothers making The Matrix. <laughs> Although neither neither one of these was directed by 
the full pair of siblings. Um, it was just Joel doing Macbeth and um, yeah. just... Just Lana? Yes, I believe just Lana doing The Matrix. Um, and yeah. again, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I know they're both pairs of directors who've had more and more trouble getting movies made. Um, and part of me, it's like maybe one half of the, each pair just kind of was ready to give up didn't want to keep fighting um because again at least for the the coens their kind of movie doesn't really get made much anymore you know it's hard to get again sort of mid-budget adult crime movies made that's not really what hollywood is interested in they're both this movie is an apple movie their previous movie was a netflix movie like you know they're getting studio funding um yeah and you know the matrix resurrections while being an imperfect movie is explicitly about how you know we can't make anything new that we just have to repeat the same shit over and over again even when there's no reason to um yeah 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 because honestly there's no reason to make a new matrix movie no you know so i mean shit there was barely reason to make the second and third honestly you know what i mean i mean i think they're they're imperfect movies but they're they're interesting and they're definitely trying something um, no 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 absolutely absolutely listen i'm not but yes, the first one could absolutely stand on its own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, and that is the thing is that what's so hard is that it's like, is that it's like, like, you just, the first Matrix movie is just so fucking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they really, because I'm sure like if you made either one of like the, the, the second or third Matrix movie, if they were just a standalone movie, right? Like, you know, yeah, again, not a perfect movie, but like it may probably remember it as a decent movie. You know what I mean? You see that on cable, you can probably watch it. The, the, well, I mean, the two are very explicitly not standalones. Like the second one ends. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I know, I know. But like if there was a way, like, it, okay, so the plot would have to be somewhat different. But you know what I mean, though, right? Like they're, what I'm saying is they're five, right? But, but, but when you're comparing them against the first Matrix, like that's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So wait, should I see the new Matrix movie? I think it's worth a watch. It's again, it's not like the action in particular is kind of it's kind of weak sauce. Um, yeah, mm, that's too bad. But it, yeah. it it's definitely um, definitely worth a watch. I would say. Yeah, what's it called? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right, all right. I'll check it out. What's it called? And, but it definitely it feels. I will say this: it feels more like a movie from the directors of Speed Racer than a direct than a movie from the directors of the original Matrix movie. Like it has a, a similar. Oh. Okay. All right. I get what you. Okay. That uh, man, G- Rob. Great reference, honestly, because now I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So go in with the proper set of expectations, I would say, but. Much like Speed Racer, not a perfect movie, but I think a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely positively. All right, so what, what's, what's your movie? I saw Come and See last night. I thought you were going to talk about Pig. All right, well, we can talk about Come and See. Well, no, well, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, well, okay, we can also talk about Pig real quick. I mean, Pig, so I saw Pig. Um, pig, Pig, so, so, I remember, so, so, so we, so us and our buddies, we do a periodic um, Nicholas Cage movie night. We talked about this before, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 uh, so we have like a group chat with all the people that do this, 
And I think it was Jared was the one that first uh, popped it in there, right? Uh, old, old, old baby dick himself popped it in there. And, 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 and we were all like, you know, hell yes, right? Because it, it seemed like it was going to be almost like a John Wick, but with Nicolas Cage looking disheveled as shit, trying to get his pig back. Right. And then you saw it. And what you said to me was, it's not that at all, but it goes in this totally different direction than what you're thinking, but it's, but it's like beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? I, th- I think that's the word you use to describe it. You're like, there's no other word other than to say it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, all right. And so I saw it. It was on Hulu and I saw it and you were completely and totally right. It yeah. is not at all a like vengeance, like, 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 like taken, but for an animal type deal. You know what I mean? It is, it is a movie about a fucking, it's a movie about a chef. Yeah. You know what I mean? About a famous uh, accomplished chef in, the, uh, 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 in Oregon, right? In Portland, right? Who was this big time chef, right? Who was like famous all throughout the city, right? Who basically just said, oh, fuck this. This doesn't bring me that much joy anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to go to the woods and, and with my, right? With my pig and, 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 and pick truffles and then literally trade that, not for money, but for supplies. So that I can be a hermit in the woods yeah. of Oregon, right? And like, like, and so, right, you know, right, and I'll cook myself some shit here and there, but I'm done. I'm done doing all this shit, right? And it's this incredibly fascinating, um, basically, character study of, um, uh, uh, I don't know if you would agree with that. Uh, would you agree it's like a character study? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of Nicolas Cage's character and kind of like, how he came to this and like who he is. And, and like, I, 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 the scene that struck me was when he was talking to the guy who was his, is he a sous chef for him? Yeah. The guy, the guy with the, um, with the like kind of avant-garde, like a deconstructed menu restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is maybe my scene of the year. Um, oh, oh my God. Where he just sort of very calmly like explains to this guy about, you know, how the way that you have oriented your entire life is wrong. That, you know, you've taken a beautiful thing, cooking, which is about, you know, just providing people with not just sustenance, but comfort and joy. And you've turned it on into this sort of postmodern exercise and self-satisfaction to like impress some critics who will never give a fuck about you. And that, that, you know, the, the line that like has stuck with me ever since I saw the movie about how we don't, which is where he tells him, we don't get a lot to really care about. And you've got to take that seriously. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, cause like you said, it is this scene, yes, yes. Like everything you said about the scene, yes. And it is this, because I've always thought of chefs as being these like ridiculous megaloman, every story I've ever heard about chefs, I'm just like, why would you put up with this shit? You're dog, you make food. Shut the fuck up. All right. What the fuck are you doing? I can do that shit in my fucking kitchen. Shut up, bitch. Because people are always like, oh, chefs, they're hardcore, man. Shut the fuck up. I fucking worked construction with people that smoked crack all night and then went to go do construction. You tell me about a chef isn't shut up, right? So I've always had this like real disdain for just culinary everything, right? right? Know, that's a little thing about myself that you now know. Man. But anyway. Don't, don't paint yourself as some sort of construction troop. Like every oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying, but I'm saying like people are always like, oh, they're like super hardcore, and I'm like, 
dog, I did demo with alcoholics. Like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like active alcoholics. Not like guys, oh, you know, I've been sober 10 years. No, 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 no. Like people that were going to go use the money to go get crack and hookers that night. You know what I mean? Right? Don't tell me about how hardcore a chef is. It's always just annoying me whenever people tell me how hardcore a chef is. Just, just move on. Okay. All right. Anyway. But anyway. But no, but like, that's the thing. So I thought he was going to be like that. And instead, he like, like you said, completely tells this guy your life has been a waste. Right? But not in this way where he's like fucking with him in a way where he's like, brother, you don't have to do this. You know what I mean? And it's like, like, like that fucking scene where he's like, he's like, he's like, He's like, he's like, he's like, you remember, uh, he's like, no, I remember, you, you probably don't remember me. I remember you, I fired you, you always used to overcook the pasta, right? And the guy is still trying to like suck up to him, right? Because he's like uh, Robin, whatever the fuck, right? Robin Feld, right? Jewish coded. Anyway, uh, but so, but so, uh, right, right, he's like, he's like, I remember when I talked to you, I asked you, what did you want to do? And you said you wanted to open up an English pub. Whatever happened to the pub? He says, did I say that? I don't, I don't remember saying that. It was so long ago. You know what I mean? And that's not, that's not in right now. That's not in right now. What was going to be your signature dish? Oh, I can't even remember what was going to be your signature dish. Right? He like just says it. He's like, and it's like, it's so fucking good. Because that's the fucking thing about Nicolas Cage. He's a punchline to all these charlatans. But here's what they don't understand about Nicolas fucking Cage is that the man can act. He can absolutely act. But the, the other thing about him is, is that he's an insane person with a whole bunch of demons who, who in order to feed those demons, has to do a bunch of uh, 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 no acting required movies. You know what I mean? Well, he always does so much acting in those movies. Exactly. Which- and the, but the script is just dog shit and they're stupid movies. So what can you do? Overcompensates for how much acting is not required by doing the most acting. The most acting. The most acting. But bringing all of that weight to the role, like, is such an argument for, for movie stars, you know, that, like, yes. having a persona, having a relationship to the public and a history and things to work with, like, enlivens um, uh, any, each performance, you know, when it works with that history and that persona. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of another thing, like, people talk about, you know, people bemoan a lot is, you know, sort of the dearth of of movie stars that there aren't a lot of people with strong independent personas that everyone's kind of been swallowed by ip you know chris evans is a big name but doesn't really have a whole lot of yeah um, doesn't have a whole lot to his image beyond captain america you know um, yeah and, yeah yeah but that having someone like a, a nick cage or a tom cruise or a, you know will smith you know but who, you know, have both a persona and a history and stuff to work with. And, you know, some they've done, you know, different, they've had different degrees of success of working with that. But like, there's always that potential of bringing that relationship that you have with the audience to each role. Um, and, you know, that, that added weight brought so much to this movie, you know. And I, I also, I don't think it's an accident that all three people I just named you know, are not people who are products of this century. You know, they're all products of a prior century. Yeah. Of course, of course. And that's the thing is that, and that's a sad thing. That's what I hope to see with guys like, you know who I actually have a lot of hope for? Who's uh, Timothy Chalamet. I really think Timothy Chalamet, if he plays his cards right, could end up a movie star. Like, I truly believe that. Like, 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 like the things I've seen him in, like, he seems to, he seems to maybe have that. You know what I mean? I mean, he was good in Dune. Um, 
I'm sure I've seen him in something else, but, uh, but, but, but I don't know. I kind of get that. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe he could do that. And seems dedicated to like picking interesting projects. Like he's worked with a lot exactly. of, he's worked with a lot of directors, you know, um, he has yeah. a kind of, you know, just IP, like doing his IP, obviously, but he's working, you know, he's working with an auteur there and, you know, it's, it's a much yeah. more ambitious project than, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And a much, and a much more niche IP, I would say, than like Harry Potter, you know what I mean? Right. Which basically from jump was like, was like, like a toy too, you know what I mean? And then just kicked into overdrive by the fucking movies. You know what I mean? Right? Uh, versus like Dune, like, like who the fuck read Dune except for like you? And the, oh, okay, okay, sorry. A lot of people read Dune. Yeah. Like, a lot of people like Dune. A specific type of guy a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you know, like, like, like Dune wasn't like, 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 I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, like, like, like Chapa would reference Dune all the time, right? And we just without quite being universal. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was just like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? No idea. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Uh, they'll they'll start talking about shooting ropes or something like that in a minute. That I get. But yeah. But 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 yeah yeah yeah. But so but so yeah. So pig. Um, just an incredibly beautiful movie. Just, 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 and, and that's the only way to describe it. Like, like beautiful in the way that I would say uh, First Cow was beautiful, but different. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right? Because uh, First Cow also kind of a character study, but of the relationship between these two men. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, didn't cry, the pig. Absolutely cried the First Cow. There you go. Uh, but then the other one I saw, uh, so last night, so it was New Year's Eve, and uh, me, Carl, and my friend Todd from the internet, what's it called? It's not his real name, but it's not important. Uh, 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 the three of us, right, with, it was Carl sitting where I'm sitting, it was me on the other side of the couch, and then on a Bluetooth speaker, we had Todd right in the middle of us, and the three of us watched Come and See. Uh, it was Todd's idea. Perhaps the saddest thing I've ever heard. Me and yeah, my exactly. watched Come and See on New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, it was Todd's idea because Todd was like, what better way to bring in the new year than to watch one of the most, like, sad and depressing movies ever made? You know what I mean? And, um, and it was funny. So here was my experience. So I got to tell you just real quick the experience of Come and See for me. So we watched, like, the first half of the movie, right? And the first half of the movie is like, I mean, it's intense, right? But, but it's a different kind of intensity than the second half of the movie. You know what I mean? Right? Right? We get up to the part where, you know, um, where, you know, right, um, where he kind of like hooks back up with like some of the, some partisans, right? Right? And, and we go like, here, you know what, here, let's take a break real quick, you know, right? Because I think it was literally uh, New Year's happened, right? Um, we started watching around 11, so about an hour in, okay, happy New Year. Hey, you know what, let's go take a break, right? So we went outside and people, people in my uh, neighborhood were fucking playing with this like super souped up RC car and this dude on a mini bike was doing like daredevil tricks on the mini bike and like hopping 
like onto Veer's Mill and shit like that and doing wheelies and standing on the thing. It was like really fucking cool. It was some real Rockville excellence, baby. And like, we were just like, and it was just such a good vibe. And we were all just, we come back in, we're feeling great, right? We're like, that's so fucking cool. Hell yeah. Okay, let's watch the second half of this movie. Then we watch the second half. Yeah, I think it's worth establishing what Come and See is. Oh yeah. Uh, It's, you know, it's a well-known movie in certain circles, but, you know, probably not to the general public, but it's, you know, it's a Soviet movie about World War II um, from the 80s, you know, when they were really, you know, getting sad with it, really really able to just get down with, you know, how much everything sucked. Um, Yeah. Often described as like kind of a combination between the Soviet apocalypse now and the Soviet Schindler's List. Yeah. 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 And really kind of highlighting this part of like the child soldiers, you know, a movie about child soldiers having a real bad time under Wehrmacht occupation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and highlighting this part of like, you know, what can only be described as the Holocaust that like, I think is often overlooked and, 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 you know, Nazi Germany's policy of extermination against, um, against Slavs, right. Against just like, like, um, like, like, like it is, it is, you know, and like you said, right. It's this uh, guy who becomes a child soldier in the, in the partisans. Right. And, and so, uh, and, 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 you know, and he is just so excited. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go on like this, like big adventure. I'm going to fight for my country. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do some shit. Right. You know what I mean? So excited. And just like, I think like the way that we described it was like, this is more of a horror movie rather than a war movie. You know what I mean? almost right i mean it's definitely like yeah like war happens there but like a lot of the action in this movie you don't actually see it you know what i mean you just kind of see the aftermath of it you know what i mean right a lot of like well and by action i mean like i mean like like the fighting between like the soviets and the um germans right you know what i mean there's like a few scenes here and there where they're kind of shooting but like really not really like most of you just see the aftermath you know um but it really explores this i think it's something that um, I, I, I mean, I wish it had more of a, um, uh, 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 I wish it was more widely seen because I think it really does show this element of the Holocaust that is like, people just think Holocaust Jews, right? But it's like, no, like also I want to say like 3 million Slavs were killed in the Holocaust or something, like some huge number like that. Like, 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 yeah, like it was, and, and, and it just shows like the absolute depravity of the, of the Wehrmacht. Um, um, uh, I forget specifically what battalion it's. Um, Todd knew all about this. He was telling me it, it's it's based on the the exploits of this like real Wehrmacht unit that was literally just a bunch of prisoners that they let out of jail and formed into a unit, right? And just had just like go nuts, go nuts in Belarus. You know what right. I mean? You're ethnically superior. Go ahead, right? And also the complicity of Belarusian. Um, uh, of, of, of collaborators on the Eastern Front and just the, the senseless um, horror that this was. And, and, and it shows, and, and, and the ending slide basically being like, oh yeah, this happened in hundreds of villages. You know what I mean? Like this was, this wasn't just, and like, and, 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 and this, the events that come and see take place over, maybe like four days, you know what I mean? 
And this guy goes from like a rosy cheeked, like, I mean, who knows if he's like, he's probably not like a believing, you know, he's, he's not like a, like a, like a fanatic communist or anything like that. Right. But, you know, but he's, you know, it's his country, right. You know, he wants to go fight for, he's the way anyone young joins the military, you know? And yeah, he's a literal child. Sure. Right. But you know what I mean? But like, but like the makeup in this, like he, they, he ages like fucking 10 years in like four days, just over what he's seen. And just like, and there's large stretches of this movie where he barely talks and it's all just facial acting basically, yeah. right? And like, you're, it's, it's, it's horrific. Like, it's absolutely horrific. Like, like, dude, I was silent for most of the second half of this movie. Uh, uh, except for when they burned the church and then I said, everything the Soviets did to Berlin was justified, is what I said. Uh, which is which which I don't actually mean, but I'll be honest, in the moment I felt that. Uh so yeah, no, it's 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 horrific, but it's but it's beautiful. It's a it's it's a, it's 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 such a well maybe not beautiful, but it's like a really fucking good movie. Yeah. And um yeah, no, and and yeah, go ahead. But what'd you say? I haven't actually seen it, but you know. Um, you haven't? No. Oh, you're getting assigned it. I mean, it's been on my list forever. It's just, you know, there are only so many, so many hours. I, even seeing nearly 300 movies a year, there are only so many movies I can see. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I feel like I didn't spoil anything. Like, you, you kind of knew the broad strokes already, right? No, I thought it ended nicely. <laughs> it, it ends. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. Well, um, of course, right? But, 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 but it's, 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 it's just... I've seen, I, and I think this this is a good expression of what you're talking about in terms of his child acting, but it, Google just the Criterion cover of Come and See, because it will give you a great sense of what you're dealing with in this movie. Yes, yes, yes. A child with a rifle and a thousand yards stare. Somehow, a child who looks some, somehow simultaneously 12 and 80 years old. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. And the, and the, and the, and just, just, just like, the toll and, and we were talking about this. You know what though? No, we don't. What's it called? Um, oh no, no, no. Actually, I guess I'll just say this, and then this will be the last thing I say. The I think it. I think the reason why I think more Americans should watch movies like this is because it tells a war fighting experience, right? Because it's not a war movie. It's really not a war movie. I really don't think it's a. It's a movie that takes place during a war, right? But it's not. And he is a soldier, sure, right? I mean, he's a child soldier, but whatever. You know what? You can't blame the partisans for having child soldiers, gonna say. But anyway, you're right, you know what I mean? It's desperate times, all right? Anyway, but listen, uh, but, 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 where was I going with this? Where was I going with this? Um, where was I going with this? What was I talking about? I don't know. I mean, I, I was thinking just to sort of wrap it back up to, what we were, I'll give you time to think by talking about what I was thinking about, but um, to bring back to what we were, you know, our initial topic here is just the, the difference in the way war is portrayed um, here and overseas. You know, I, yes. every, every, every country has its jingoistic cinema. Um, and, you know, there have been anti-war movies made here, but just comparing depiction of civilian casualties in war between like a movie like this or a lot of other like at least of the like more honest anti-war soviet movies because the soviets made plenty of propagandistic like great patriots of course 
but like you know the way that the the toll of war is depicted in terms of the civilian population in a movie like this versus transformers where like the destruction of aa or of la rather is just a like a spectacle like give us an excuse to like bomb some shit because that's really what we want to do we have to re like we have to like almost celebrate and reenact like the destruction of a civilian center just so we can excuse our like our destruction of other shit because that's the fun stuff and we want a reason to get to do that you know yeah 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 or, uh, like and how many movies of the current era even because this is true i think of a lot of superhero movies sort of have that that setup of we're going to destroy some civilian shit so that we can you know have fun watching the heroes enact other violence on you know perpetrators that were now you know justified in destroying yeah exactly yeah yeah it's so because like because yeah because in like a movie like yeah they blow up all the shit right or whatever right or like in like um or like in the first avengers they blow up fucking new york or wherever the fuck or chicago i forget where it was right you know what i mean right but you don't really but 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 then they're just like all right well we won you know what i mean right and it's like you destroyed a major city you know what i mean right right versus like you know like god like like godzilla right we're like they destroy Tokyo and then they spend so much time showing the aftermath, showing the human toll of that destruction because the Japanese suffered an incredible amount of destruction of a civilian center, right? In World War II, right? With the, with the, with the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And, and, and the American warfighting experience basically being you know, you know, since the Civil War, you're like, oh, we just go somewhere else and fuck their shit up. And then we come home and then we scream in your sleep for a few years. And then you, right, but, but hey, but you get to buy a house in Rockville. You know what I mean, right? Like that being the quintessential American warfighting experience versus like, you know, like what was the Soviet warfighting experience in World War II, right? Well, I have to go back to what is left of my village and clear out the bodies. You know what I mean, Right. Like, 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 like the, 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 the trauma that happened, that happened in World War II to literally every country, but like America and Canada, you know what I mean? I don't, again, I don't, I don't think it's an exclusively American disease um, because I think, yeah, I think that whenever movies about war are made by people who have an interest in valorizing war, which is again, yeah. of Soviet officials when Soviet- Oh, absolutely. When Soviet officials had a, a strong hand over the arts, which they didn't always, but you know, when they did, they- Yeah. That. Um, 40s and 50s, 40s and 50s. There, there is the, there, a, literally a movie, there is this like, again, like basically a child soldier in the Red Army who won the order of the Soviet Union because he threw his body in front of a German machine gun nest so that his comrades could charge and take out the nest. And they made an hour and a half long movie about that guy. You know what I mean? Right. And, and in it, brother, wouldn't you believe he's a, he is a, he is a true red communist the entire time. This guy who is 18 years old, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 But, but that's the thing. Common C has been called one of the, true anti-war movies you know what i mean like because there is no valor there is no valor in this in 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 what is happening right. you know what i mean it is just all we can hope to do horrific. is horrific yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It is just horrific depravity. And even like, even like the Soviets, like the reason, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 you know, of course, like, you know, like, like the commissars are like, you know, we must crush the fascists, but like for most of these people, it's like, no, they literally killed my wife and kids. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, 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 or like, or they're going to kill my wife and kids. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I literally have to. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, this isn't for glory. This isn't for honor. This is pure survival, right? I have a gun. I can use it. You know what I mean? There is no, right? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's, and then seeing what that toll is of that fighting. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, it, it, I hate to call it beautiful because it's not, but it is in its own way. Yeah, and this this reminds me of just to put a bow on this a little bit and to finish up what I was connected to what I was just talking about. The one thing that I forgot to mention about Transformers that I think is essential to understanding it is that it is um, an explicit piece of propaganda. Um, it, Absolutely. Yeah, that it was made in partnership with the U.S. military. Um, yeah, were is and a, a partnership that was justified on the studio's end because they can get access to military material for dirt cheap um, and on the military's end explicitly to drive recruitment um, and that's yeah. an arrangement Hollywood movies have had with the military going back to Top Gun um, which again yeah. made you know the studio was given access you know they were able to essentially rent an aircraft carrier for almost nothing in return for the military you know it was conceived of as a a tool to, it, that movie was pitched by the military um, yeah. as a recruiting tool um, and that's a relationship that, you know, of the vast majority of Hollywood movies that use any kind of U.S. government-owned military material have had. You know, that the military gets to um, essentially give strip, script notes the same way producers would about how they're portrayed yeah. in return for renting military material. And, you know, there are exceptions to that. Like, The Hurt Locker was made without any kind of military involvement. Um, mm -hmm it's possible to do but that was you know a much cheaper movie um yeah most, you know most um big budget studio movies are going to you know require or at least have a self-imposed requirement for verisimilitude or whatever to work with the military which means working with their propaganda demands um yeah yeah you know, like transformers that are are truly military propaganda. Um, and I, I think, yeah. you know, um, I, I remember, I think it was the AV Club review of the original Transformers described it as an ad for Mountain, Mountain Dew in the US Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is a relationship. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You know, I, it, that it was released at the height of the Iraq war, you know. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then, and that relationship between Hollywood and the military literally goes back to World War II, uh, wherein, I don't know if you know this, but um, several of the major studio heads actually became colonels in the U.S. Army, uh, and, and and their job was just purely just all the propaganda during World War II on the American side was was pretty much universally made by Hollywood, right? And like I said, to the point where like like I think like the head of MGM, I know him specifically, but I think of most of the other studios were literally joined the army we're colonels in the army uniform and everything like you know what i mean and that's very different because that's world war ii and 
there's one thing, if there's ever been a just war, right, on, on the Allied side, right? I mean, World War II has got to be it, right? You know what I mean? You're fighting literally people with, like, you know, you're fighting, you know, are we the baddies? You know what I mean? Right. You're fighting, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fighting Hitler, right? Okay, right? And the Japanese, right? Okay. But, like, but, like, and that that's what's so... But like this was this was to drive recruitment to send like kids to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know what I mean, right? For just pure blood and treasure, American imperialism, and like, and um, and it rocks and it's cool. And now we see it at every fucking uh, sporting event, every fucking, every fucking dude. I mean, fucking the literally the 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 fucking. Um, I mean, this is a little. This is way before that, but the um, the. Um, Village people song in the Navy was 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 conceived of and was promoted by the Navy. Right. Like 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 holy shit. I, I actually think they wanted what? everyone to know that the Navy's a great place to get laid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which is also very funny that the Navy was like, what's the gayest band right now? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Listen, everyone's already saying it about us. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, but I think you're. Right. I think there actually was like a spike in recruitment after Top Gun. Um, oh, that might be anachronistic. I mean, there are famous stories about the Navy literally setting setting up recruiting booths out of outside of Top Gun station screenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can you fucking imagine? Yes, joining the Navy after Top Gun. Actually, yeah, absolutely. No, if I was a lot. No, I, basically, what we're saying was if we were, if we were like, what like. 15 years older than we are we would both be navy veterans because we both would have seen top gun at the perfect time no i mean they nearly got my ass with halo but you know oh that's actually true too yeah no no they almost got my ass with call of duty haven't been subjected to you know recruitment ads by other means you know so i think if it was yeah happened and certainly as a you know as a 15 year old boy i flirted with the idea but it didn't happen no. I, I, I literally don't know an American man that hasn't at some point given like 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 more than a passing thought, like like given like some actual consideration to join the military. Uh, versus like, you know, I'm talking to all these Canadians now and right now I was like, wait, did you guys not have like like military recruiters come into your high school? They were like, No, absolutely not. Why? And I was like, Oh, that was like every high school in America that yeah. happened to. Like, I didn't go to, like, the high school where it's, like, you know, I mean, I went to, like, a wealthy high school. You know what I mean? Not usually where you're going to get people that join the military. But, like, they were in there all the time. Yeah. Navy, Marines, Army, Air Force, all the time. They got a few. They got a few people, actually. But, like, they and they almost got my ass. You know what I mean? I literally, the entire reason why I didn't join the military is that I got too drunk one night and missed uh, and and slept through me going down to the fucking uh, uh, Marine Corps recruiting station to sign some papers. That's why I'm not in the, that's why I was never in the military. You know what I mean? That's, that's how that like, it, it's insane. Insane. What's it called? Anyway, come and see, check it out. Yeah. Check it out. It's a good time. Make some popcorn. All right. All right. So next time. Um, so we are going to be, Looking at um, in January, um, 
I will be giving you my favorite film of past year, 2021. And you will be giving me the worst film you were able to find of 2021. Mm-hmm. We'll be watching David Lowry's The Green Knight, my selection. And I have no fucking idea who directed it. I think it was who cares? by an algorithm. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, you haven't seen this movie, have you? No. Okay. Because it's very funny that you say algorithm, but continue. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. The LeBron James starring Space Jam movie. Two ends of the Hollywood spectrum. Come suffer with us. Yeah. Come and see. Yeah, I was going to say, is is Space Jam A New Legacy more or less inspiring than Come and See? Honestly, 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 less. Okay. Honestly, less. Honestly, less. Honestly, less. Yeah, because Come and See, it's like at least we could, you know, persevere and make art, you know. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, the good guys win. You know what I mean? I mean, what do they get to come back to? You know what? It basically, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, I guess. <laughs> someone survived. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot, but some. Yeah. yeah. And, this, and this is what they wrought. Space Jam, a new legacy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, join us next time for that delicious combination of medieval semi-gallantry and uh, postmodern whatever brand management slash exploitation. That's right. Have a good night. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What is the concept? Um, well, Uh, We're interested in taking local ingredients uh, native to this region and and just deconstructing them. You know, making the the familiar feel foreign, thereby giving us uh, an even greater appreciation of food as a whole. This is the kind of cooking you like? It's cutting edge. It's very exciting. Exciting. I mean, everybody loves it. Do you like cooking it? Absolutely. Derek, what was it you always used to talk about opening? Wasn't it a pub? Everyone loves it here. This is a huge success. Why didn't you open your pub? I, 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 I don't know that I really wanted. Uh, I mean, it was such a long time ago. When I fired you, I asked you what you wanted to do. You said you have a few rooms upstairs. A real English pub. Did I say that? Yes. Nobody wants pubs around here. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible investment. What was going to be your signature dish? Liver scotch eggs with a honey curry mustard. <laughs> They're not real. You get that, right? None of it is real. The critics aren't real. The customers aren't real. Because this isn't real. You aren't real. 
Okay. Derek, why do you care about these people? They don't care about you. None of them. They don't even know you. Because you haven't shown them. Every day you'll wake up and there'll be less of you. You live your life for them and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. We don't get a lot of things to really care about.